Just to let you know, we might be using some of our grown-up words on this episode. So if you have any kids or co-workers around, you might want to think about putting them to bed a little early tonight. Wait. This is Adam. And this is Lisa. And this is Designated Parent. A podcast where we look at children's programming through the lens of adult beverages. Cheers. Cheers. Highballs of Dark and Stormies? Dark and Stormies. It's just ginger ale and uh, rum. And lime. And lime. Yeah, there's a little lime in there. I can test that. A little brightness. Yep. Ginger uh, ale, lime, and rum. It's good stuff. So, it's good stuff. How, uh, how's your week? Oh, we are in between campouts currently yes. this is um middle of the week uh three-fifths yes. of my house went camping this past weekend and then five-fifths of my house will go camping this coming weekend um and normally we're a little slack on you know getting camping stuff put away you know like it, it happens when it happens and cleaned out um but we're kind of have a tight turnaround yeah, we do. <laughs> so like everybody's tent had to be up and then everybody's tent had to be down and now everybody's yeah it's a whole thing so but it'll be fun i think i'm in charge of this camp out yes this coming camp out you are in charge of uh which is you know me and like 50 of my closest friends mm-hmm. and uh it's gonna be interesting fun? i should think the number's gonna be closer to 30 but it'll be fun yeah, it, it's family camp, so like every kid has a parent yes. there with them. Um, yep. So, you know, the, I feel like the stakes are lower. <laughs> like, amazingly low. You're not, uh, you know, they will make sure their children eat. They will make sure, you mm-hmm. know, like... Like, I have, we provide the food, but like, we're going to be handing out like hot dog skewers and be like, go figure it out. And right. Then... Well, yeah. It'll be fine. Find your grown-up friend. Find your grown-up uh, and and go for it. So it'll be fine. I'm not not freaking out about it. You're totally freaking out I'm about freaking it. Out You're about freaking it. out. It's okay. It's, it's okay. okay, man. It'll Somebody needs to freak out. That is literally the Cub Master's job is to be the one that freaks out. <laughs> yeah, because if nobody is concerned, mm. then oh boy, is that a terrible camp out. Yeah. So you have no food. <laughs> one thing we may end up having to deal with uh, is that the weather is turning on us? Mm-hmm. And so it might Saturday, not be so beautiful. Saturday, it might be uh, in the 40s overnight with thunderstorms. Okay. And it might not be a lovely night. Yeah. If all else fails, it'll be fine. Pack it up, pack it in, see you at the house. Like, yeah, I mean, that's if it's real bad. But if it's like, real bad. Yeah. It'll, it'll probably be fine. Probably be fine. We'll sleep in the van. <laughs> I've done that. I've ended up sitting in the van. Yeah. At yeah. campouts before? Uh, when I was like, the one time I think my dad took me camping. I have no idea why me and my dad went camping one time. Just you two? Just the two Not of us. like, uh, you know, group from church or school or anything? I don't remember anyone else. That's hilarious. I mean, it was terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I remember is at the end of the day, we ended up camping or sleeping in the van. And that was, and then, like, that's all I remember. Like, it was just, it was terrible. <laughs> and you're like, the outdoors, ladies and gentlemen. 
This is why, like, when we were, like, first married, you're like, we should go camping. And I was like, hell no. <laughs> Until I had people in my life that were, like, actively guilting me into it. And my kids really wanted to go. And were, like, kind of old enough to kind of not be a drag. Mm-hmm. Then I started going camping. And then we joined scouts. And now I'm in the woods all the time. Not all the time. But, like, at least a not couple times time. a year. Yeah. I feel like two or three times a year when I'd been camping once in my life before 30. Right. It's a big, it's a big uptick. It's a big, big uptick. So. Good job. And like, I did, like, I did work at summer camps. Mm -hmm. Talked about that a bit. But like, most of that was cabin. They were not, they were rustic cabins. Right, right. Some of them did not have like windows. Mm -hmm. Like, well, they had holes in the side of the stone. They did not have heat or air conditioning. They didn't have glass. Um, Yeah like is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. um and so you know some pretty rough sleeping but at the same time like always on a walls least a, a bed. roof yeah yeah except for like one maybe not walls week. and a roof but like <laughs> yeah there were there were some nights and you know there were some nights that we slept in like uh platform mm-hmm. um like the a-frame a-frame or whatever. well uh they're teepees actually they're mm-hmm. like a wood platform and they had like a teepee built around it so because you know a little like cultural appropriation in the 90s right, right it right. was what we did <sighs> i'd like to say we know better but i think that camp still does that i don't know anyway but i mean it's a valid camping technique yes yes just all the like paintings on the side they're a little weird but anyway but yeah i'm on like day 12 of consecutive things, scouting things things and uh Moving on to, like, maybe, like, like if you if you look at days I've had something on the calendar that I had to put pants on for, mm-hmm. that wasn't just work. I'm like, I think I'm on, like, day 18. And that's a lot for that's me. A, that's a whole lot for you, man. Yeah, I need downtime. So, I don't know what's happening next Monday... I don't know either. Put it on the calendar. But like... Oh, uh, we have something next Monday. Oh yeah, we have a concert. Mm-hmm. That's okay though. Like, I just kind of got to show up for that. You do. You do. You'll be doing a lot more work. I won't do anything. Aren't on, you doing wardrobes? By Monday. Yeah. Are you hoping, uh, hoping like wardrobe monitor or anything? No. no. Okay. So. so we'll just show up Monday mm-hmm. and we'll be fine. And then Tuesday, I think I have a game night. I think that's the major thing. And I, that's fine-ish. Mm-hmm. It's going to be our last game oh, for a while. You're going to disband for the summer? No, no. It's going to be the last game for a while with this set of characters. We've kind of had a side quest of characters that we've been oh, playing with. okay. Um, because our main quest characters were like, we're going to take a year and like rebuild this castle as a base of operations and also hire out other adventurers to do the bullshit stuff that you're having us do. <laughs> He's like, Fine. By the way, roll up some bullshit adventures to do the bullshit adventures. And we're like, that actually sounds really fun. So it's a, it's kind of been like a series of one-off little. Yeah. And he's been having fun because these are like little things that didn't really, you know. He's Couldn't like, fit. I had this really cool hook that you guys just walked right by when you're right. like level four. And it doesn't fit. And like, if you tried to solve this problem, your problem would be throw a fireball nuke down the throat of this thing. And mm-hmm. just mop up the ashes. Right, right. Like some, yeah, some low-level stuff that you passed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see a tweet, I think, um, that it was like, campaign idea. And it was like, drunk girls in the bathroom, go. And they're like, oh. 
And you're like, shit, yeah. You sh- show up at the tavern and uh, there's a girl crying in the bathroom. And all of a sudden, like, you guys are, like, forming a blood oath. But, like, you're too drunk to know whose blood oath is whose. And, like, which one of you cast it and how they made it. <laughs> so now you're all stuck. And you all have to help this girl. <laughs> and, like, you know, you're like, all right, tell her she she's too I mean, good for him. Yeah, Roll for persuasion. Oh, fuck. Yeah, and it's basically the hangover. Uh, but. Also. Yeah, with, like, enchantment. Yeah. Well, and so, um, it's really funny because, again, like, our high-level party, our unofficial motto is taint first. Because we just run in, just, we jump at the problem. Not not a lot of, Not uh, a lot of forethought. Uh, and, again, when you're, we're level 16 characters like four five of them in a room is a natural disaster right you can can throw your weight around you have a lot of weight we've accumulated so much wealth at this point we're modifying the economy of an entire region of the map it's kind of fun but like at the same time yeah we there's this ghost girl that needs Mm -hmm. to find her head (laughs) And like we're no, like not, nobody's time for that. <laughs> you know, they got not, a business to run. Yeah, there's not a lot of shortcuts to that. Like you just got to go do the thing. And so we, you know, went through this whole temple, and like one of the guys got cursed so that he could only speak in lies. Mm-hmm. And it was hilarious because none of us trusted that character anyway. Right. So it took us like three minutes to notice that he was like not able to tell the truth instead of just lying compulsively. And you're like, interesting. Interesting. What color is the sky? That's a good shade of red. Would you have any reason to lie about that? Of course. Are you under a curse that keeps you from telling the truth? No. No. Why why would you even say that? I'm insulted. So, yeah, but it was it was comically fun. And then, you know, cleared out the place. And then we had to, like, oh, um, the last, or the 13th Warrior. Have you ever seen the movie 13th Warrior? I have. Oh, wow. I have seen that movie. <laughs> so we basically had, like, a little side quest that was the plot. There's this little town. They're getting mm-hmm. ra- raided by this party Something, every yeah. so often that are monsters but it turns out they're just men spoilers mm-hmm. and then we had to go take the battle but there is a wizard and we had to kill her and it was a great epic story you know at one point you know this wizard is invisible and flying and we're like i'm like okay man. can i can i see where that last spell came from and uh DM's like, roll for perception. I roll a nat 20. He's like, you point and yell right there. And then someone's like, I cast a fireball. I cast fireball at that spot. <laughs> at that spot. He's like, roll to see if it hits, but you're at disadvantage because it's dark and you're not exactly sure where you're shooting. Dude rolled double nat 20s. And our, our DM's just like, well, fuck. I got, fuck, I got to <laughs> reward that. Like, I can't. Yeah, yeah. Like that's... the dice have spoken. Yeah, that's the way. It, that's the way it goes sometimes. And so we we killed his big bad for like the week mm-hmm. in like the first thirty minutes of the right. battle. And he's like, man, I got to pivot. And then yeah, I mean, I think uh, a little later, some some bigger like um, 
gladiator style guys showed up to give us a battle. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure they were part of the. Right, he might have splintered off part of the mm-hmm. uh, wizard's uh, goodness. Yeah, well, Could I think they made the event. He just rolled those out to make it a little harder mm-hmm. for us because we we kind of cakewalked it, and uh, we did this really cool. We ended up in this really cool formation where like we were running backwards, shooting at them, and they could not quite catch up with us, and we were like. It was like a running battle. Okay. And we just dropped all four of them without taking a hit of damage. It's wild. Good it, job. And our DM's just like, I cannot express to you how amazingly different <laughs> this group is than the other group. Because the other group would have charged in head first. Right. Like, there was a cave as a base of operations. They would have just ran in the cave, throwing fireballs and swears, and hoping for the best. Right. But you guys, like, work together, you've got a plan, <laughs> you synergized your, like, strengths and weaknesses. Like, good job, guys. Like, they had three different guard posts. We neutralized all the guard posts within the, like, in a synchronized strike. And they were just like, he's like, I don't, who are you people? Well, you, can, you can play as different people. He's like, you guys are the same Players. humans. Yeah, the same humans. But you're playing so differently. And I'm like, no, nah, this is this is a blast, man. So good. I'm glad you're but, enjoying enjoying uh, game night. So you, you have that to look forward to. I do have that. After too. all the outdoorsing, you can nerd. I can nerd. And then I think next Wednesday, I have nothing. Yes. And I mean, like, part of me wants to just sit around in my underwear and play video games. Put it on the calendar. Undie video game. Yeah. Right. Just maybe home day, because <laughs> our our children can read our Google Calendar. Is true. Um, but speaking of nerd, watch a movie. We watched a movie. We did. What is your experience with this movie? Um, I don't think I had ever seen it all the way through. Okay. But I think I had seen all the parts of it. Yeah. Um, I think. So this is a movie that is kind of like always been on since it came out. Yeah, <laughs> like, like like I know we don't have the flipping channels uh cable anymore. Cable anymore, but it was like one of those things that was like always kind of on. Yeah. Like you'd be like, "Oh, this." And like, "Hey, yeah, I can eh, watch this." Whatever. It was like on in the background. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's noise. Yeah. It's also one of those movies where there's all these little episodes in it. Yes. And little capers where you can kind of catch, start You can up, watch 15 minutes of it. They bring you up to speed with where you were. Mm-hmm. Tell you what they're going to do. Do the thing and then tell them what that it meant. Is, it is the perfect Saturday afternoon uh, cable movie. Yeah. Like, Between every commercial break, you have mm-hmm. like a little mini movie. Yes. And so it's great. It's great for that. Uh, of course, it's National Treasure. National Treasure. Um, another Nick Cage movie. Yes. Which um, makes me want to see the incredible weight of awesome talent. Yes. Or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, looks amazing. Massive talent. I I also want to see that. Um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see if we see it. Um, but yes, another Nick Cage movie classic classic nick cage movie i'm gonna say this is one of the like 
peak three cages. This, Con Air. And uh, Raising Arizona. Mm-hmm. Raising Arizona's Quirky Weird Cage. Okay. Which was kind of where he started. Yeah. And then Con Air was like... Straight up the middle uh, action. Know. Yeah. It's a toss-up between Con Air and The Rock. Yes. For his, like, straight action. Mm-hmm. And then this is his, like, leading man smart guy phase. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But you also have to, like, throw in, like, face-offs as a classic cage. Because that's just, <laughs> like, wow. Yes. Uh, I appreciate that Nick Cage never shies away from, like, a very bizarre uh, concept. Where he's like, okay, man, let's do this. Like, and he throws his full weight behind anything, no matter how ridiculous. Right, yeah, he's <laughs> and just... And I love that about him. Yeah, he's just amazing for that. And he's... He is just balls to the wall. Uh, he is crazy, but like... Sometimes the movie he is in, no one else is in. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. I feel The Sorcerer's Apprentice was that, where he <laughs> he was like a straight ahead, like medieval ro- mm. LARPer. Yeah. And everybody else was just like trying to get through this mediocre <laughs> Disney film. Like, it's going to be on ABC in like two weeks. Right, right. And um, he, he, yeah, he brings it. He always brings it. Um, so yes, the story of National Treasure opens... On a stormy night in 1974. Yes. In, I don't know, some small town. Oh, no. Washington, D.C. It's in Washington, Washington Some small D. town D. called Washington, so, D.C. I mean, Washington, D.C. In the 70s, it was a fraction of what it is now. <laughs> and, you know, as far as, like... That fraction was approximately <laughs> seven-eighths. But, you know. <laughs> yes. Washington, D.C. I take it back. Washington, D.C. But it's an attic in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. In a stormy night. So it's not like, you know. It was a dark and stormy it, night. It could have been anywhere. That's, is that what you made a dark and stormy? Yes! Oh, look at you. I would like bring in the theme. Also, pirates. There are some slight pirate references in this. Yes. Um, But the kid gets, there's a kid up in this attic looking through his, through He's the shit. He's probably like 10. And he gets caught by his grandpa who's like, you're not supposed to be up here. But, like, but I guess since you're here, I'll tell you everything. I feel like, <laughs> um... A lecture as a punishment for being where you're not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I mean, if you're if you're at Grandpa's house and you wander off the path, Grandpa's going to catch you. Right, and then he's going to make you listen to stories about the good old days. Yeah. Like, so just, you know, stay down here where I can protect you. <laughs> and uh, let's, let's, yeah, you know, it'll be better for all of us. Uh, but he's a story about... How the last signer of the Declaration of Independence mm-hmm. was sick and dying. Was sick and dying. Needed to being sp- old. Speak to Andrew Jackson. Mm-hmm. This was 1835? 32. But 32. Yes. Close. Good job. Uh, and it's Thomas Gates is this stable boy mm-hmm. uh, who takes him to see the president. But the president's out. It's Andrew Jackson. So he's probably doing some light genocide. Yeah. Yeah. Seems on brand. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to tell him. About this treasure. Um, so, during the time of the Crusades. Yes. All, uh, so there's, whatever, this treasure from, like, the time, olden times. 
Time immemorial. Time There's immemorial. just this like people revolving been, pile of money. Right. People have been fighting over this treasure, and it passed from like the Egyptians to King Solomon to like. Yeah, you know, like Alexander picked it up right, at one point. The right, Babylonians. Every yeah, time it changed hands, it got bigger. Right. Because uh, they added to it. And I was like, one, it's not how treasure works. <laughs> but two, sure. <laughs> sure. Every yeah. time it changed hands, it got bigger and more um, interesting. And when the knights found it during the Crusades, uh, them and their just like, I don't know, good-heartedness... We're like, this is too much treasure for any one man, even a king. So we are going to move it. Because it's not too much treasure for us? <laughs> but we're a group of five men, so it's different. It's different. Is it? It's different than moving it is from it? these brown people. Oh, uh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the movie doesn't say that, but like, we all know how the Crusades worked. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I actually, I don't think a lot of people do know how the Crusades work, but... Ooh, it was, uh, it was, it was a, a rough time to is be Is it xenophobic a... when you're killing people on their turf? Uh, it's just racist. In, yeah, it's just outside, I think. Um, but anyway. But, anyway, so the, the Knights Templar, which was who they were... Yep. Um, took this treasure, moved it... From wherever they were when they found it in the Crusades, probably like Turkey. Uh, it was Solomon's Temple in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure, man. Yeah. Current <laughs> side of the Dome of the Rock. Current side of the Dome of the Rock. Okay, but you know. Be the, take it for what you will. So they, they moved all of this stuff to Europe and then to the New World. Yeah. They, they put it on ships... A piece at a time. Mm-hmm. And shipped it across the ocean. Undetected. Undetected. For, like, years and years. It took them years and years to move this. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, you wouldn't want to do it all in one shot. No, no. Because questions. That, sh- that shit's at the bottom of the ocean now. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, also true. There's probably quite a bit of it still at the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so they get it over to um, the and, New World. And they're like, it's super important that the British don't find it. Because the Americans are so much better. Right. We're 100% better. Sure. So uh, when when revolution started brewing, they're like, it's real important that the, Brit- the British don't find this. Mm-hmm. So instead of being like, we have all these pieces, we can just spread them out throughout America. Like, you guys, everybody takes like a chest, okay? Right. We, we can make it hard to find. Mm-hmm. And then if anybody gets any one part of it, nobody gets the hoard. Also, are you aware of the fact that uh, if you literally 30 miles from the coastline, there's fuck all out here? <laughs> right. There's not a run around. There's not. Uh, nobody's going to know. Just pick but, a mountain and bury it next to it. Meet you there later. That would have been a great plan. But that would have been a better plan. That was not their plan. No. Their plan was like, no, we're going to take all of it. Put it in one place. Put it in one place. And then we're just, in, you know, going to leave a series of clues that are confusing. Um, and that way only smart people find it, because that's, like, the moral right. I don't I don't know, man. So. I, they were really discounting uh, how smart of, evil people can be. <laughs> you also kind of skipped over the part where the Knights Templar morph into the Masons. Oh, they become the Freemasons, yes. They become the Freemasons. A um, couple of things. Okay. That is not accurate. <laughs> I mean, 
I figured no. No. I, so, I do. One of our kids was like, aren't the Masons just a drinking club? You're not wrong. Not really wrong. I mean, it's a little more than that, but it's a secret society. There's all kinds of stuff. There's rights and things. But yeah. So, and the Knights Templar also weren't really that. So, the Knights Templar were fucking rich mm-hmm. in the Middle Ages. And, well, from the end of the, like, Dark Ages through the Middle Ages, they were very rich. Do you know how they got rich? Did they steal brown people's treasures? No. Okay. Actually, I mean, there might have been some light thieving. But they had a better technique. Banking. Oh, okay. So you could deposit your money at a Knights Templar mm-hmm. facility, temple. Right. Church. Whatever. whatever monastery. Place. Whatever they were. They were an offshoot of um, the Roman Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And so you would deposit money there and they would give you a certificate of deposit. Yep. That you could take to any other Knights Templar, Templar church and withdraw that much. And cash it out. So that's really cool. Um, there's a built-in awesomeness to this, which is that people fucking died all the time. <laughs> yes. So, yes. So they never came back for their money. So a lot of people had unclaimed funds in there. Mm -hmm. And so it was still a lot safer to be traveling with With a a piece of paper, with a piece of paper secreted on your person somewhere. Mm -hmm. And you get robbed and you're like, yeah, here's a small chest of like copper coins. Sorry. It's all I got. And they're Mm -hmm. like, cool. See you later. I'm poor. I'm poor. You know, I'm not a target. Mm -hmm. Let's move on. Other than like, I had this entire giant wagon train of gold. You're gonna get you're gonna get killed, mm-hmm. but even but still, you get on a boat and the boat goes down. It doesn't matter if you had a wagon train of gold or just a piece of paper, right? No one's claiming it. So now the knights have this pile of loot that no one's coming for. Mm-hmm. Eh, well, you know, suck to be you. And so that's how they got stupid rich. Okay. And then, um, then all the rumors start spreading. Mm-hmm. Because somebody that rich and that powerful is a force and... Yeah, it's stuff all, happens. Yeah, and so people start, how do they get so rich? Oh, well, they obviously followed the... The, the easiest explanation is they found the secret treasure of Solomon <laughs> during the Crusades. And not like it's fucking math. It's, yeah, turns out... It's just the math, guys. Listen, all y'all, it's arbitrage. <laughs> it's arbitrage. <laughs> Isn't that selling something for more money than you bought it for? Yeah, I mean, technically, but... (laughs) But yes. Same, same, but not. Uh, But anyway, so that whole thing gets stamped out later Mm -hmm. because they were getting too powerful, you know, because money is power. Right, right. And they were holding too much sway over the Catholic Church and various uh, Mm -hmm. governmental... You know. So everybody kind of lined up and said, these guys got to go, mm-hmm. and they, they were goed. So the rumor is they went underground, which maybe they did. Maybe there was a section. Mm-hmm. But even if there was, like, a section of true believers that went underground. What are they believing in? Banking? Yeah. Maybe. I would not die for banking. It seems like, whew. I have really bad news about the capitalist system that you're involved in. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that I won't. Die for banking. I'm just saying, like, it wouldn't be my choice. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Fair enough. 
Um, but yeah, so those true believers, I mean, they did have certain theological they, tenets and it was like an order like the Franciscans or the okay, Marianists okay. or something like that. But like, what were their theological tenets? Like, I don't know. God wants us to be rich and happy. Maybe. That would make sense. And particularly for, us, not for, like people at large, not, not in general. just he, us. He chose to bless us, Adam. Oh, there you go. <laughs> In his infinite wisdom. But the thing that made them powerful was gone. They mm-hmm. couldn't have a network anymore. Their they could, their certificates of deposit were void. You couldn't right. do business with them. So they just kind of faded into obscurity. Then centuries later, somebody decides, hey, we're going to this rite of masons, which is... Bricks? Bricklayers? It comes out of like this whole like spiritualism revival mm-hmm. like think like arthur conan doyle and that bullshit yeah or um like the victorians yeah yeah well it's a little earlier than that but mm-hmm. like it starts kind of like seances and like and part of the problem is they invent an entire backstory that is like, like how'd you get here like this that's like half plausible but like once you start pulling the threads you're like none of this shit happened like <laughs> Like, none of this makes any fucking sense right, at all. Right, but we need, like, a sexy backstory. Right, exactly. And so they made up their own sexy backstory. And a lot of that is really hard to disentangle from stuff. But what we do know is by the eighteen or the 1700s, mm-hmm. it's a pretty good club. Yes. and Of rich and powerful men. Yeah, of rich and powerful men, exclusively men, even today. Um, the rich and powerful thing has kind of waned, I'm going to say, because there's one in our town and it's Mm -hmm. looking a little rough yeah but it is a social club where you meet connections and you get to kind of join the higher societies and rank up and get into different tiers and you know if you're say a beginning lawyer and you get invited to join the masons in the 1700s Like, that's a good thing. You could do that. a lot of connections. You'll meet some other lawyers. You'll meet some judges. You'll meet some, you know, Right, people who just have a lot of money and would like to lobby for various things. Yeah, and so suddenly you find yourself supported by one of the guys that wants you to run for office and be a, a councilman in town because it would be really great for the, for the, for the Masons if, you know, he was allowed to be the only blacksmith in town well actually his brother-in-law is the only blacksmith in town he's a fancy guy but you know it'd be really good and that'd be good in my interest so like i'll support you and like they kind of look after each other's interest and guess what right right and therefore become more powerful and more rich and look after each other's interest and and so as is pointed out later multiple signers of the declaration of independence and the constitution are going to be mm-hmm. our masons our masons just because it was a good old boys club Right. And and if you're talking about a good old boys club, let me tell you about the Constitutional Congress. Mm-hmm. Ooh, boy. And, and, it was a, yeah. <laughs> it was the goodest of good old boys it clubs. It was the goodest of good old boys clubs. I mean, would I like to say that those guys were working out of some sort of benevolent, altruistic May- love okay. of their fellow man? Maybe like four of the 55 signers yeah. of the declaration of independence like maybe four and those that's just because like i haven't researched everyone yeah 
and uh, a lot of them are just working on their own self-interest and trying to get the best deal for for them for them and that's not bad yeah i mean we all get taken on a hell of a ride because of that but <laughs> here we are anyway so this this last signer of the declaration entrusted with a secret he's a mason mm-hmm. and he goes to tell jackson he's not there so he has to dump this whole thing on his just like lowly stable boy yeah who is um which is thomas gates, gates thomas gates um and that was the grandpa's grandpa grandpa's grandpa grandpa six generations so yeah something like that and what's the secret there's a treasure yeah and there's a secret passage, which is the secret lies with Charlotte. The secret lies with Charlotte. That's the so that's they, the... they buried, not buried, hid all this treasure mm-hmm. somewhere, and then they they set up clues, but then the clues are all lost to time, and like well, it seems like there may have been multiple clue paths to mm-hmm. get to this treasure. Yeah, but one of the ones that he knew was the secret lies with Charlotte, that's, and that's the only thing he knew. Yeah. He only had that piece of information, and he didn't know what it meant. Yeah. And I was like, bro, your friends did not like you. No. <laughs> you signed the Declaration of Independence, and all you know is this one piece of the puzzle. Some dude turned the last shovel full of dirt over that. Yeah. That treasure trove. He's in the circle. Right. Next is the people that know the clue that lived to where lead to where right. that is. Next is the people that built the clues and that all, lead to that. And all and of you're those, way out on those. All of those people died without saying anything to anyone about any of this stuff. Bullshit. Yeah, we can't. Bullshit. Even, we can't even keep quiet. Who won Survivor? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Are, are you kidding me? <laughs> Like we have no secrets at all anymore, and and I think even then, like even there then. were people, there were people who knew. Like they were probably like ladies, mm-hmm. but and black, but they knew. Uh, that's probably what they did. They just used a bunch of slaves to dig out all the clues and make all the stuff, and then nobody believes them anyway. So th- there, there was a line. Use marginalized people. There was a line. It's way, way, way later. Um, but I want to bring it up now because I'm remembering it now and when we get to it I might not remember. Um, where one of the characters is like, how is this possible? And Nick Cage is like, the same way that we built the pyramids and the Great Wall. And I'm like, with slaves! Truth. <laughs> and, but he meant by like, you know, uh, good human ingenuity and like believing in each other. And I was like, it was, it was slaves. slaves. Slaves get shit done. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway. So... Ben's dad, because mm-hmm. we're talking to the Ben Gates here, who's going to be Nick Cage in a little. His name is Benjamin Franklin Gates. Oof, nerds. Um, dad runs up and he's like, "Stop filling his head full of this bullshit. You know it's been terrible. Like all it does is take you away from your family, run you to ruin, mm-hmm. and and destroy any joy you have in this life." And Grandpa's like, he's "I mean, a little, he's a little salty." Yeah, he's like, "Hey." Uh, it's a real thing. He's like, bullshit. Like, all, you, you've been looking for this your whole life. Your dad looked for it his whole life. Your grandpa looked for it. Every Everybody back to that grandpa's grandpa has been looking for this treasure and none of it's taking. Mm-hmm. So obviously, stop. And then he leaves the room. Mm-hmm. And grandpa and, and uh, 
Ben. Ben are there, and Ben's just like, I believe. I believe. By the way, if the Masons were sent to the Knights Templar, does that make us knights? And Gravel's like, you want to be a knight? He's like, sure. All right. So he's got a handy sword that he pulls out and just christens him into, Mm -hmm. like, swearing duty to the Knights Templar, his family, his grandparents, (laughs) the the Masons who hid the treasure. Right. This is a lot of duty to uh, just heap on the shoulders of a 10-year-old. Yeah. But sure, man. Go for it. Time wipe. Cut to quote unquote modern day. 2003. Three. Four. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was four. Um, And we're north of the Arctic Circle mm-hmm. with Sean Bean and Riley, who's... Riley. I don't know who Riley is. He's just around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also a couple of he- Russians. Henchmen. Mm-hmm. For reasons. <laughs> Your henchmen have to be Russian. Your your co-conspirator is British. Yeah. <laughs> His henchmen are Russian for no reason. Yeah, I think Sean Beam in this is supposed to be Irish. Is Sean Bean Irish in the real lives? I don't know. Maybe. That is something that we could have figured out. But anyway, but he's got like a... He does have an accent that comes and goes depending on what director was directing on set that day. But it's it's weird. But they're looking for a ship. Um, mm-hmm. And so they've got these like metal detectors out scanning and they go nuts. And Nick Cage immediately pulls out a fucking pickaxe and starts wailing at the ice. Right. They have the little like boop, 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 uh, metal, metal detector. detectors and they're going crazy. But like not going crazy in any kind of like organized way. Just like boop. That's like putting on a Geiger counter and having yeah. it out, not like having a Geiger counter near Fiesta wear. Yeah, it, well, it's it does go <laughs> it does go really crazy, and that's when he throws it aside and pulls out the pickaxe and just starts wailing on this ice flow. That's not how archaeologists work. I mean, these people are not archaeologists. No, these are Tomb Raiders. They are fucking pirates. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they... They're treasure hunters. Do not give a fuck. No, they're not here for your, like, historical significance. (laughs) This is a means to an end. Yes. Uh, But they find a bell. Mm Mm-hmm. Conveniently, the first thing they find is the ship's bell, and it's engraved Charlotte. Charlotte. The ship is called Charlotte. Great. So they bust open the decks, go down into the ship, which is miraculously not packed full of snow and ice after 200 years. Curious about that. Yeah, so um, the theory was like this particular part of the Arctic Circle like has like a, a freeze-thaw, like it's always in freeze-thaw flux. Right. Um, so a ship would, like, run aground and then sink, but then, like, not sink all the way. Like... Yeah, it would just kind of... Forms this semi-solid whatever. Slush. Which, like... I guess it's like running aground in a Slurpee. mm Mm-hmm. Maybe. Or a margarita. I could go for a margarita. Anyway, um... Sean Beam is English. Okay. He's also been married five times. Do they keep dying? I don't think so. Anyway... So they're like, yay, we found the Charlotte. The secret lies with Charlotte. The treasure's got to be here. They go down below decks, and it's just a fucking boat. Uh, with dead people on it. Yeah, I mean, there's dead people because, yeah, that happens. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of gunpowder. Like, which, Chekhov's which, kegs of gunpowder. Which gun perfectly powder. are preserved. Yes. So 
the thing about gunpowder yes. <laughs> is it decays. Like, gunpowder goes bad. It's not, like... Shelf-stable? Shelf-stable I mean, for thousands of years. Well, like, for, like, 50 two, years. 200 like, years. 10 years, you're probably good. 50 years, you're starting to go sketchy. 200-year-old gunpowder is not going to click off. No. It's not. It's basically, like, well, and it settles out, and, like, saltpeter is, like, not... I don't know. Anyway... You know more about this, obviously, than I do, but... Like, I mean, not obviously, but... Um, you're a chemist. I think it's pretty obvious. You're an organic chemist. You would I, know about gunpowder. I mean, you know... I bet you could make me gunpowder this weekend if he, if I asked you nicely. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> anyway. Um, there's no treasure, just a bunch of ship shit. So they find the captain, who is, like, huddled around one particular barrel... So Nick Cage just, like, rips it out of his little fossilized arms. Right, and he's like, why would the uh, captain be doing this barrel? And opens it up and pulls out a bundle. Inside the bundle is a really pretty box Mm -hmm. with some, like, Masonic symbols on it. Right, right, with, like, gold, gold leaf or whatever. And he opens it up, and it's a pipe. It's a Meacham pipe, which is, like, apparently famous, and we're all supposed to be impressed. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what it is. And, um, it's a clue. And so, Nick Cage snaps the stem off the pipe, and everybody's like, oh my gosh, did you just do that? He's like, what? It's, that's how they work. Stabs himself in the thumb, and like, oh my gosh, did you just do that? And he's like, what? It's how I work. Rubs the blood on the pipe stem. Uh Right. And, like, rolls it like a stamp to get... Mm-hmm, to get the encryption. Then get the inscription, which is this whole par- poem. Yes. Which Some I did Some highfalutin poem. Some highfalutin poem. So the poem is quite large on his piece of paper. Yeah. The circumference of the pipe is not that big. Right. I noticed that, too. I was like, <laughs> really? Okay. But it's a... Ri- it, it's like this poem. It's rhymed. It's got meter. And Nick Cage just goes, it's a riddle. It's a riddle. And like, no shit, Sherlock. Thanks for that. So they're trying to think it through. Well, and uh, Sean Bean is like kind of miffed. He's like, I thought you said the treasure would be on the Charlotte. He's like, no, I said the, uh, the, the key is with Charlotte. Like, there could be a clue. There could be another clue. Like, Yeah, this might not be the final clue. Like, let's figure it out. But they're able to, like, really talk through a long ass time and come up with the fact that there's a map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Mm -hmm. That's what they decide. And Nick Cage is like, I got to make some phone calls. We got to make some tests. We got to figure it out. Um, And then Sean Beam's like, or we could just steal the fucking thing. And Nick Cage is like, "Uh, no, that's terrible. Right. No, 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 no. Hear me out. What did we steal it? And so, John Beam's character, this is his development moment. He's like, listen, um, I got a lot of money. Not all of it through legal means. So, I'm all about doing things not through legal means. So, I'm going to go steal me the Declaration of Independence. And Nick, and also, I'm going to shoot you two in the face. So, right. like, laters. And Nick Cage lights a flare. He's like, listen, we're standing in a big pile of gunpowder. Mm-hmm. If... You if you shoot, shoot me, me, I'll drop it. Right, and then we'll all die. And Sean Bean's like, "All right, well, I just gonna, I'm just gonna go now, and then you can figure out your shit." 
And so Nick Cage throws the the flare at him and he catches it. Mm-hmm. He's like, what was the point of that? Well, Sean Bean had spilt gunpowder all over his sleeve. And well, so- uh, yeah. And he kind of like uh, gestures in a like, haha, nice try, you know, but then he catches his sleeve on fire. <laughs> then he freaks out. And he's like waving his hand and he drops the flare mm-hmm. onto a conveniently located pile of gunpowder. Right. And it also it's like a, they were, when they were pulling out this gunpowder, it was like they were trying to make a fuse. Like, yeah. Like a, that perfect trail of like, gunpowder. Like yeah, like a perfect trail of gunpowder that goes to uh, all throughout the thing. To the to like magazine or whatever. Yeah. And so everybody starts running. The Russians and Sean Beam go up the top deck and um, Nicolas Cage grabs Riley and they drop down below the deck. And well, Riley's so, like, uh, bad plan. Well, so they, Sean Beam and the Russians leave and they close him in. Right. They like close the door and latch it. And they're like, fools. Ha ha ha. We have one. <laughs> Chuckled maniacally. But Nicolas Cage is able to drop Riley down. And they Into like. Smuggler's hold. Smuggler's hold. And there's like all these like secret passages through a ship. And they're able to kind of hide from the explosion that shatters the ship. Right. And then they just climb up through the explosion. So if you were. Through a, the rubble. If you were in an enclosed space. Mm-hmm. Packed tight around with snow. And there was an explosion big enough to be in a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. <laughs> That's an actual unit venture. Yes, yes. Okay. You all know uh, what I'm saying. Bruckheimer, one Bruckheimer explosion. This is, yeah, I mean, this is a one on the Bruckheimer yeah, scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. I mean, most Transformer stuff is going to, well, that's not Bruckheimer. Uh, most Pirates of the Caribbean stuff is going to be like twos and eight to eight, depending on. But right. it, it, it blows the whole damn ship up. You don't get a walk out of that. Right. Okay. okay. So even if the smuggler's hold for some reason was super reinforced, the heat uh, would be significant. The uh, shockwave. You would have. You'd you'd pretty much turn into jelly in your skin. Right. the 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 shockwave would also be significant. Yeah. From the the change of of pressure. Right. Uh, you you'd have no eardrums. Oh no, you wouldn't be able to hear it all. You'd probably have no eyes. Yeah. You would yeah. probably have no spleen. Like <laughs> there, you, you turns, would be jelly. Turns out the human body is pretty fucking delicate. Yeah, it really is. Unless you're in a Jerry Bruckheimer Unless film. Unless you're in a Jerry Bruckheimer film. But case. they emerge from uh, the rubble. Fine. There is near a hair on uh, on a head that is out of place. But they are stranded in the Arctic. They are stranded. They have like a nine-mile walk to some like Inuit village. Mm-hmm. But like, we're they maybe, could probably make it. Well, maybe they'll get like a ride from a bush pilot. And then we're going to go stop Ian, who just took off on their snowmobiles mm-hmm. and has, I'm going to call it, a several day head start. Also, got gotta love they get in the snowmobiles and Ian's like, quick, let's go before anyone sees the smoke. Who the fuck <laughs> is gonna see the snow smoke? <laughs> you mean the Inuit village that's ten miles away? Like They're gonna be like, hmm. They're like, I mean those those white people went out there. Do do we know where all our people are? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. We should list, uh, we're going to go out and check that out in a couple days and see what's going on, right? Yeah, right, yeah, right. you know, just to see if there's anything worth stealing. <laughs> yeah, cool. I don't know, man. But Ian and, Ian and um, or not Ian, uh, mm-hmm. Ben and Riley just hoof it into town. Right. Across the Slurpee Sea. And Riley's like, he's going to steal the Declaration of Independence, Ben. What are we going to do? And Ben's like, we're going to stop him. We're going to stop him. 
like commercial break. To, to the far distance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In commercial break. So they're next thing, they're in DC. Huge hand wave. Of how they got there. How they got and they there. They walked to the Inuit village and then they sweet talked a bush pilot to get them to wherever. And then they basically just hitchhiked, but with planes. Bush uh, pilots is one of those things that sounds a lot dirtier than it is, but anyway. Yes. Um, uh, but they get, yeah. Yeah, they get so, to DC. Yeah. Bush pilots don't have a lot of room for people. No. Like, <laughs> their planes are kind of full. You they pay like, them by the pound. They have, like, one seat. <laughs> like, yeah, you're not getting a lot out of them, but... Mm-hmm. But maybe they just took pity on them. Huge hand wave. Yes, huge hand wave. Also, uh, Ben Gates' family lives in a, you know, in the 70s, his grandpa's living in this giant-ass house in D.C. Right. Uh, We're going to meet his dad also living in a giant house. Maybe it's the same house. Might be the same house. Maybe they inherited it from that guy who signed the Declaration of Independence. Perhaps. But... And still. I've just been living in it for 200 years. <laughs> but still, like, even if your house has just been paid off for 200 years, you can start accumulating some generational wealth. That's the neat thing about mm-hmm. generational wealth, is it accumulates. Yes. Uh, but anyway, so maybe they're just men of means, and there it is. But they're in D.C., and they're getting kicked out of the Jagger Hoover FBI building. Right, and they're like, nobody believes us when we said that the uh, Declaration of Independence is going to get stolen. Yeah, hmm, go figure. Like, anybody who can help doesn't believe us. And anybody who wants to help is fucking crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, uh, you should evaluate what's happening in that situation. It's true. All right, well, we've got one last thing. Let's go see Dr. Chase. Right, because if nobody uh, believes us, like, if everyone who believes us is crazy, like, what's one step down from crazy? And uh, Riley's, like, obsessed, and he's, like, passionate. Yes. So, I feel like he's trying to, like, diffuse himself there. Yeah. So, he goes to Dr. Chase, who is a lady. Right. And he's like, damn the man. He's like, oh, she's a very hot man. Okay. <laughs> Riley. I mean, he pivots quickly, but, I mean, he, the assumptions were... Mm-hmm. He, he showed his hand a little. Bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... Poor Ben walks into this room and is immediately distracted by the bling of all the history. He's like, oh my gosh, you've got all of Washington's campaign pins, except you're missing one. I found that one once. It was really cool. Right, you're missing the, like, inaugural 70, like, 7 or whatever. Like. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. He's like, anyway, can I fucking help you? Like, you didn't just come here to see my Washington buttons. He's like, no, 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 no. She's like, please don't touch those. (laughs) Yeah. So he's like, all right, here's the, here's the deal. Um, we need some help looking at the Declaration of Independence. And she's like, keep talking because we think there's a treasure map on the back. Right. It's like, in, she's like, I've seen the back. There's nothing there. And she, he's like, well, it's invisible. She's like, okay. I'm going to see you guys out. Also, it's important to note, Ben Gibson's name is like John Brown or something. Yes, John Brown. Because... Um, he's like, yeah, the Gates name in the Declaration of Independence in historical circles, mm-hmm. not exactly stellar. They think we're all kooks that are chasing a imaginary treasure. And Riley's just like, yeah, I can't imagine why. <laughs> like, yeah, it's wild. Huh. See how that works. And so 
she kind of just sees them to the curb as fast as you can say. She's she's cordial. She's cordial. She's cordial and she listens. But then she's like, I cannot help you people. Like, Yeah, I've seen the back of the Declaration of Independence. There's no map. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's invisible. No, no. Yeah, there has no. been extensive tests of this document. Like, if you, you know, and like, if you want, you can file a formal, like, request for research. But that takes, like... Two years. At and, least two years. Like, like you're not it gonna... needs to be approved and blah, blah, blah. So, like... And so, Ben, sensing he's being shown the door, mm-hmm. does leave. And he's all melancholy and sad and mopey about it. And he's like, Riley, we gotta do what we gotta do. We've got to steal the Declaration. We're gonna steal the Declaration of Independence before, before the bad guy does. It's the only way to keep it safe, is if yeah. I steal it first. Because if Ian steals it, he'll just destroy it. Like, he'll get the information he no- needs, and then... Right, because he doesn't care. Then rather than have, like, a trail back to him, he'll just destroy the evidence. Mm-hmm. And then nobody will ever be able to put him together with it. So we got to protect it by stealing it. And Riley's like, this is an amazingly bad idea. It's just so we're clear. Like, you're going to go to jail. Like. Yeah. There's no, there's no way around this. So they go to the Library of Congress where Riley has pulled up every conceivable record about the National Archives. And how protected the um, Declaration of Independence is. Mm-hmm. It is probably the worst thing you could do if you're trying to get away with stealing with the Declaration of Independence. Yes. Because he just, like, made a massive paper trail. Yes. Like, he really... Maybe he gave a fake name at the mm, Library of Congress. Maybe. The books are just out there. You can just, like, be like, no. I know where this book is. Quantifiably, they're not. <laughs> books are not out there no i mean there's a few books out there but like the way the library congress is first off you have to have a library card and you have to show id to get in do you have a library card to the library of congress it is specific to the library of congress how do i get a library card to the library of congress you have to apply for one okay and you go through a whole background check Mm -hmm. to prove that you need access to it why do i need access to it i am a citizen and it is my library bitches yes but also it houses so there's like so think about like the library systems around okay where like you could request books from can i request books from the library of congress you can (laughs) if you've passed so like let's say you requested the da vinci code to pick a stupid historical (laughs) whodunit from the library of congress they're going to be like... Doesn't your library have that? No. Yeah. Go get that from, like, anywhere else. Like, I'm sure you can get a copy. We have, like, one of the first edition copies, and we're keeping it as a copyright, like, exemplar. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're not really letting you leave the building with that. Okay. Well, I want to come in and do a research on... The original copy of the Da Vinci Code to see if there was anything hidden in the text. All right. Why do you need to see ours? Well, because I need an original. Co- yeah, but there's others out there. Like There's other originals. So the Library of Congress is there just to make you like do other work. Where yeah. You're like, we have it, but we're not going to give it we're to gonna you. We're going to try to avoid it. So you might be like, hey, I want to see the original blueprints for... The National Archives. And they'll be like, a couple of things. One, some of that, I'm very interested to know why you want to see this. Mm-hmm. Because that's... Because I the, paid for it. Yeah. My tax dollars at work. 
That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but also, what is your historical interest in seeing this? Before we put our archivist and librarians on this to pull this data, mm-hmm. because we're getting a shit ton of requests every day. All the time, yeah. Um, we We really need to know who you are. <laughs> and why you need it. And why this is important to you, so we can prioritize it accordingly. And so you, like, a lot of, they will just tell you no. They're like, no, you can't have no, any of that No, not stuff. right now. Or, oh, uh, we'll let you know. Mm-hmm. And then it might be like, all right, so um, if you show up to Library of Congress between June 5th and June 16th, um, present your card and uh, the materials will be available for you. Mm-hmm. That That's the dates? Those are the dates. Yep, those are the dates. So... <laughs> And you can't take him out of the building, and... Yeah, you can't like, take him... And that's just for seeing the Da Vinci Code. Right. <laughs> like, if you were like, I want to see the plans for, you know, the Jefferson Memorial, or the, the right. Washington Monument, or the White House in, 19, in the 1800s, like, they're going to be like, okay, so let me... Tell me what endorsements you have for handling historical documents. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't. And they're like, mm, okay, stop. Stop. Yeah. You're not allowed to touch these things. Well, no, but I feel like they can but do like, like a scan. Yeah, <laughs> like, we'll scan them. <laughs> but like, we already have a scan copy we can email you. And they, to their credit, they are working on digitalizing a lot of their older stuff mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Right. To be able to be like... You're like, I don't need the document. I need the information. <laughs> yeah, we're not giving you for Ben Franklin's, like, letters to his pen pals. Like, right. But I didn't correspondence know what from they France. say. But yeah, here's a scan of them. Enjoy. You can see what it looked like. You can see what he said. Look for any little clues or, you know. Yeah, yeah. Acrostics in there. Like, have fun. Knock yourself out. But like, yo, you, like, we're not going to do all of the things. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Riley is on the floor, same day. Same day. With a stack of documents about the National Archives and their security <laughs> procedures, everything like that. Like, I mean, maybe no. he made some calls when he was on his way back from the Inuit village. Maybe he did. To, you know, get those pulled for him. But I feel like that was something Riley wouldn't have done. Because he was like, I really don't think we should steal the decoration. I'm, I feel like you don't make that case by pulling all the information about how to steal the declaration. <laughs> Although his point is solid, which is it's impossible. It's fucking Let's impossible. And he's like, goes through all this stuff, which of course is the primer of all the challenges for the movie. Right, right. It is the beginning of Ocean's Eleven. Where right. They're, where they're like, we have to do this, we have to do that, we have to do this. And they're like, so how are we going to do that? And they're like, I know, right? Yeah. Seems impossible, but we'll get it. But Ben's like, listen, here's the deal. You left out one important room. It's the conservation room. He's like, the what? Preservation room. Preservation room. Sorry. It's across the hall from where the vault is. Whenever they need to check it, whenever there's a fault, whenever they think there's something wrong, they pull the the declaration in the, like, preservation chamber that it's in, like little cask. Yeah, like the box. The box it's in. Over to the conservation room. Preservation room. Yeah. And check it all out. Double check all the seals are fine. You know, it's not leaking argon. But that area is less secure, and that's where we can steal it. Because it's, like, being worked on. Yeah. 
And Riley's like, damn it, you're right. That is less secure. It might just be possible. So then we get to the, the, the hack. The heist. So Riley's hacking the video feeds. There's a gala going on that Nick Cage is able to, like... Sneak in. Sneak pretend, in. He pretend he's a... Uh, a worker. A worker. So he walks up. There's a Secret Service guy at the side entrance to the archives. And this fancy dressed couple's like trying to get in. He's like, no, no, you got to go around the side, show him, your, go around the front, show him your ticket. Show him your, front door. your invitation and ID and, and they'll get you set there. And so he's like, all right. Nick Cage instead just dressed like. Like a handyman. A handyman just walks past the dude like, hey man, how's it going? He's like, yeah, no problem, bro. What? No, no. <laughs> Secret Service does not fuck around. <laughs> They would not. They're like, you seem fine. They'd be like, what is your name? Who are you? Show me two forms of ID. Let me see your badge that I gave you. Right. Why Why are you here? Like, why would you schedule maintenance on a gala day? Yeah. Um, Unless it's emergency maintenance. And then you hear about that shit. Like, yeah. oh, this toilet is flooded, whatever. Things, things, stuff, stuff. Like, even that then, would be all over the radio. Even then, there would probably be a handful of maintenance guys already in the gala, past security, mm-hmm. like, just, just sitting on their hands, like ready to roll to the you know the bathroom on the third floor if something goes wrong they're they they probably don't need if if somebody was coming in from the outside there would have been like three radio calls about it and Mm -hmm. everybody would know who he was so i have worked with the secret service exactly once in my life oh i've never worked with them they um we had a funeral at a church that i worked at for a veteran Mm -hmm. and there were some threats made and so they were like, we'll come. We're going to come and secure the area. They take that shit very seriously. Thank you for your service. They roll up and they give us a briefing mm-hmm. on what's going to happen. And one of the things they did is they handed us ID badges with our pictures on them. You're like, how did you get my picture? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I, that was the flex. Mm-hmm. that was was it your could you tell where that picture was from it was my driver's license it, photo mm-hmm. i believe but still it was just one of those moments of like we already know way more about you <laughs> who you all are who you all are and what you're up to um if you are in a if you're not where you're supposed to be and you're not wearing this badge right or you're in one of these other places you are definitely not supposed to be even with this badge right it is going to go badly there will be some stuff it will go very badly for you and so they knew who i was there's no way (laughs) they're on their home turf (laughs) there's no way they'll just let nick cage walk by but you know he's having a good day so he walks by he also like you see a montage where he's like dipped this metal the metal that dr chase was looking for mm-hmm. in like glow in the dark uv paint yeah and then mails it to her and she gets it and she's like oh that's really sweet you know because you know, he sent he sends the last campaign button that she's missing it's like to the woman who is everything <laughs> like, yes except this except this thank you for your time so as she right as she gets it she gets page to the archives and so she's on her way and she's like typing her way into the keyboard or password to get mm-hmm. into where the preservation room is to see the thing. Meanwhile, we see Ian. Ian. 
and he's packing a suitcase full of C4 and guns. And right, you're like, oh. He's, well, a sma- he's a smash and grab guy. Yeah, he's not. Not, yeah. not a finesse player. So now we have some stakes. So Ben got in, changes mm-hmm. out of his coveralls into a tux. He just had on. He is a tux underneath. Much hey, sure. Let's pretend that that doesn't look like you were wearing it under a set of coveralls. I mean, there was that uh, Mythbusters where Jamie like went scuba diving and he had a tuxedo underneath. And he, like, looked okay. Yeah, he looked fine. So, (laughs) So, like, maybe tuxedos are just very forgiving. My my experience. (laughs) But, uh, Ben rolls rolls up, meets Dr. Chase, and is like, to high treason. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, well, I mean, that's what all these guys did. I mean, they're British citizens. They rebelled against the government. Mm -hmm. Like, if they would have been caught, they'd have been killed. You know, that was the whole... Yeah, why this was so dangerous. Yeah, that was the whole mystique of this whole thing. So, like, without that, the Declaration of Independence, the biggest, you know, most famous act of high treason ever, Mm -hmm. we don't really have a lot to talk about tonight, do we? Yeah, and you're just like, so here's to those who did what was wrong because Mm -hmm. they knew it was the right thing to do. Yeah, and so... They have glasses, and then, you know, Ben takes the glass from Dr. Chase, Mm -hmm. and as he's running away, you see Ian exploding his way into the different levels of the archives. Right. Through different maintenance hatches and subway acts. I don't know where he's Mm -hmm. coming from. And he has, like, a time for every door. Yeah. You know, he's like, like, 90 seconds door two. You know, like... Yep. He's got it. He's a surgical mission. He has done similar things before. Mm Mm-hmm. So Nick Cage takes Dr. Chase's glass. Right. And like goes around the corner. Dumps the champagne out. Yep. And then puts it in a bag with like some sort of chemical. I think it's like super glue. Like. I don't know. Something. And it lifts the prints off the glass. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he takes a thumb condom and sticks Mm -hmm. his thumb on top of her prints. Yeah. So then he has her prints on a little thumb condom. Right. So they're on her thumb. They went negative onto the glass and they went positive back onto his thumb so that they can go negative. Okay. That works. Okay. That works. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't work. <laughs> but it could. Yeah. It's, it doesn't end up with a backwards thumbprint, at least. Right. So he's able to use that to get on the elevator, take him down to where the preservation room is. And he goes to the preservation room, pulls out the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Which obviously he knew where it was, right? Because Riley's print, you know, <laughs> research is impeccable. Yeah, Riley's research. And he's like, "All right, we need." He shines the UV light on it. Well, since the button was that he gave her was coated in that paint, right? He knows all of the letters she used for her password, and it's Valley Forge mm-hmm. is the password, but like. Ian's back there. He's got all the letters. He's trying to type them in. He's like a phage oil. And they're like, no, it's Valley Forge. She just, you know, typed the L and the E twice. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. So how'd you get that? He's like, she's a nerd. I'm a nerd. Like, we overlap. We're we're American nerds. So he gets in there and he's starting to pull the bolts out of the back of the Declaration of Independence Mm -hmm. housing. When Ian busts his way through the last set of doors and comes around the corner and... Guns a-blazing. Riley's like, you gotta go. So Nick Cage's like, well, I'm just gonna take the whole damn thing. 
Conveniently, this is bulletproof because Ian shoots at him and instead shoots the Declaration of Independence glass. Right. It ricochets off the glass. It doesn't, you know, go through, but... Yeah. Yes. That that, uh, inch thick of bulletproof glass. It works out. So, So Ben escapes. Meanwhile, Chase is upstairs like, hey... Um, do you have a, um, John Brown on the guest list? And they're like, nah, never heard of him. I mean, other than the fact that, you know, famous abolitionists, but, you know, mm-hmm. let's pretend that's a thing. I mean, John Brown's baby also had a cold upon his chest and that's rubbed true. it with camphorated oil. Did he, though? <laughs> ben is trying to exit through the gift shop mm-hmm. with a rolled up declaration of independence. Right. And the very sassy gift shop lady's like, what are you doing? You trying to steal that? Right. And he, like, pales, just like right. deer the he, headlights. He gets very flustered. And he's like, I, but, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, no, no, uh, how much are they? And she's like, $35. He's like, all I got is $32.75. She's like, mm-mm. I'm like, we take Visa. And so he's like, all right, I'm going to pay Visa. Very significant moment there. Mm-hmm. And he manages to get out, and he's chased down by Chase. And he actually buys two. Yeah, we don't know that, but he bought mm-hmm. two. And so he's chased down by Chase, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, I, um, you know, had to do the thing. She's like, is that, is that the Declaration of Independence? She's like, like, maybe it is. She's like, fucking giving you that back. Mm-hmm. So he actually gives it to her. And Riley's like, uh... What? And he's like, just it's cool. It's we cool. need to go. We need to go. Let's we gotta go. go. Let's go before the fuzz gets here. And so she's running back. Alarms going off. Everybody freaking out. Ian runs out, sees him, sees Chase with it. Right. And she's yelling. He tried to steal the Declaration of Independence, and she's wa- waving. And she's this like thing brandishing over. it in the sky. Yeah. And Ian's like, oh, well, isn't this damn convenient? And just fucking kidnaps her. And the Declaration, and drives off in a fucking food truck. Yes, it's a Greek food truck. It is, it's great. <laughs> I can go for a baklava. Yes, it sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. So, there's a whole chase through, D- through DC. Not a high-speed chase. because they're in a, a chase. They're in a food chase truck, and like Ben and Riley are in some other and sort conver- of panel. And a conversion van. Yeah, some other big box truck-looking thing. Mm-hmm. But they... They end up rescuing Abigail, Chase, but the Declaration of Independence stays with with Ian, Mm -hmm. and they drive off, and Riley's like, oh, fuck. Abigail's like, oh, fuck, and Ben's like, eh, not that bad. And they're all just like, what? He's like, and he just kind of reaches over on a shelf and pulls off a tube, and he's like, it's actually... This is the real Declaration of Independence. That was a souvenir. And... Everyone is absolutely pissed at him for that. He's like, what? I, I had to improvise. He's got the souvenir. We got the real thing. So Chase is mad that he stole it. Mm-hmm. Then that he lied to her. Then that he put her at risk. Right. In literal mortal mortal danger. Like, it would have been better for her if, like, Ian would have just driven away with a fake declaration. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, there's you, you would have realized it's a fake and then been like... Well, fuck, I haven't done anything wrong except this girl. Like, right. How about I just, like, knock her senseless or, well, actually, probually would have killed her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that wouldn't have worked out. 
Yeah. Just leave her. Just she's leave just like her. She's a the... crazy person. Yeah. Like, she's, no one's going to believe her. Right. It'd be like, I bought it. There's me paying for it with a visa. <laughs> yeah. So the police roll up on the National Archives. Mm-hmm. And as they're doing that, Abigail and Ben are talking. And she's like, your name's not John Brown, is it? He's like, no, nah, it's Ben Gates. She's like, oh, fuck, you're a Gates. You're that family with the crazy conspiracy theory about the founding fathers. And, and he's like... Yeah. It's not a conspiracy theory. Riley's like, actually, technically, it is a theory about a conspiracy. <laughs> like, the shoe fits on this one, buddy. Like, so, um, the FBI's guys are looking at it and they're like, wait, why? Like, who were the guards that got shot at here? And they're like, nobody shot at the guards here. And he's like, there, oh, were, sh- there weren't any other guards. The one guard got tased. There weren't any of the guards. Well, who they were shooting at? He's like, oh, fuck. There are two groups of thieves mm-hmm. at the gale on the same night. Fuck. They can steal the Declaration of Independence. And, like, this other guy kind of rolls up and is like, yeah, so, like, two days ago we got a tip about people trying to steal the Declaration of Independence. And we were like, eh, that sounds like bullshit. And they're like, okay, so what was the tipster's name? And they're like, we didn't actually take anybody's name. We just kind of chased him out of the building. We didn't open the case. We just, you know. We are like, mm, go. <laughs> just, and the guy running the investigation was like, well, does it seem credible now? Like. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Turns out. The guy uh, running this investigation is wearing a denim button-down dress shirt. Yes. With a tie. Uh, and a jacket, but like that, that denim button down dress shirt is really just a piece out of time. Yeah. <laughs> and so, it, I mean, to be clear, it's Harvey Keitel. Yes. Like. International tough guy. Yeah. Like this dude has credits mm-hmm. and he's just like chewing the scenery as like FBI guy, like. Well, what are we going to do now? You know, they're one step ahead of us. We got to catch up. (laughs) But also, they find out uh, our good friend Ben Gates paid with a credit card. Right. At the gift shop. Which seems to be not a critically great criminal move. Right, right. Uh, Riley's really mad about it. He's like, what? Now we're on the grid? Because I guess in their apartment, someone's apartment. Yeah. They set up a whole, like, clean room. Where they could examine the declaration. Yeah. Uh, and then and then put it back or whatever. Yeah. And was their plan? Th- well, at least not put it in any danger. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that that's gone is a blow. And so like, well, we got to find somewhere else to go. The first place they think to go is Ben's dad's. Ben's dad's house. And Abigail's like, well, I'm coming with you. I can't let like. Mm-hmm. I can't let the declaration go. Like, I'm going to stay with the declaration no matter what. Just to make sure it's safe. And Ben's like, yeah, fine by me. Whatever. What's mm-hmm. one more? The FBI finds the clean room and also some like references to the silence do-good letters. Yes. Because there was a reference uh, to silence with a capital S in the like in the scroll, in the pipe blood. In the pipe blood poem. So they're like, alright, so something about the silence do-good letters. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. I don't know what the fuck this means, but, like, they stole it and have... Like, it's really... It's a nerdy version of Seven at this point. (laughs) So, 
the team rolls up to well, not the FBI team, but the uh, Ben Gates team mm-hmm. rolls up to Ben's dad. Ben's dad's house. That's that's the place. That's the place where they're like, well, if anyone's gonna have lemon juice, it's gonna be my dad. Yeah. So let's get in there. And so they open up the door, and it's Ben and Abigail, and is he's. Ben's like, I got a little spot of trouble. I need to come here and work on some stuff and figure some shit out. And his dad's like, oh, is she pregnant? He's like, uh, no. And she's like, Abigail's like, do I, do I look pregnant? She's like, well, no, he's just, he's just a, uh, I hate this man. <laughs> well, and he's like, but, if, you know, if she is, are you going to let, are you going to let the, you know. The mother of your grandson. Out, your child out, out in the cold or whatever. Fine, get the fuck in. Yeah. And but he's like, but by the way, it better not be about that fucking treasure. And like Abigail looks at him, Riley looks at him, Ben's just like, eh, it's gonna be what it is. Like it's like when you're walking into your parents, you're like, I, mm, whatever, man. I, I just whatever. I gotta get this over with. So Dad finds out it is about the treasure, and he's like, I'm very disappointed to you. And, it, and Ben shoots back. He's like, Well, maybe that's the Gates' legacy. Dad's sons that disappoint their fathers, and he's like. Fuck you. <laughs> also touche. Touche. I bought, yeah, I disappointed my dad by like going into insurance and getting a real job and marrying a girl and having a child and, and getting, actually and like a house and health insurance and like Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I'm 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 the family failure. I'm I'm the worst. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. He's like, and so dad's theory is that the treasure hunt was never a thing. Mm-hmm. That it was all just a big elaborate diversion, so that you could get some of the best minds of England Thinking chasing about their tails. Else. Yeah, you know, instead of trying to figure out how to win a war, they were trying to figure out how to find this treasure. Which, like, that's not a that's not a not bad, a bad plan. idea. And then Nick's like, "Okay, so we got to do a little experiment here on this old piece of parchment, like or animal skin, vellum, mm-hmm. and uh, see if we can lift it up." And Abigail's like. Uh, you're not doing shit. I'm going to do this because I'm the one that's trained how to preserve these and treat these nicely, which I'm going to say does not involve rolling it face down mm-hmm. on some dude's kitchen table. They they and, la- they laid out plastic. They did. Okay. They, they like slid a trash bag, <laughs> put it on. And then they squirt lemon juice on the back. Well, he's ready to squirt lemon juice on the back. And she's like, she's, you can't do that. So she rubs it gently. So yeah, she's the one who takes like a like a Q-tip mm-hmm. and just in the corner. She's like, because if it's going to be marked, like there should be an insignia in the upper right hand corner that this is like. Wait, is that just what we agree on? Yeah. So all secret markers. Have to be in the upper right hand corner in invisible ink. Right. You put a, a marker in the upper right hand corner so that everyone knows that this is invisible inked. That seems to be feeding several points. Yes. Yes. The rule, the invisible ink rules. Sure. Sure, man. Also, dad keeps walking by. He's like, hey, do you want to just like, put it in the oven? And she, they're like, no. He's like, well, heat's going to be required to lift that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you can't do that. And so when they do the lemon juice initially. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. And dad's like, you need heat. So Ben and Abigail lean over. Very close together. Right. So much tension. And open their mouths and, and just breathe. <laughs> breathe on it. Yeah. And apparently that's all it took. Because all of a sudden it lifts up. There's the the, the Mason Masonic seal. Mm-hmm. The the compass and square. Right. And like. And they're like. 
it's here. So then they just like get all the lemons in the house, which is a lot of fucking lemons okay, for a dude living alone. You don't need that much lemon juice. No. Like it was it was like one lemon slice on a Q-tip was enough to do this corner. Yeah. But they apparently like they get like 20 lemons. <laughs> so many lemons. Fresh lemons. Like he doesn't just have like like lemon juice in a like bottle. Right, in the in the green bottle. Was he expecting like a company like party tomorrow right he was like oh i have a granddaughter she was gonna come over and we were gonna have a lemonade stand like what is he very concerned about scurvy yes yes i don't know i actually heard a very interesting article about scurvy oh people still get scurvy no it was about like some arctic explorers mm. do you know we figured out the cure for scurvy no less than five times we just kept losing the cure then we talked ourselves out of it oh it can't be that it can't be fruit yeah well so it can't be that simple so like we thought it was so this one doctor one of the first like controlled experiments Mm -hmm. he treats people with lemons and with like beef broth and like a couple of other things on the boats and the people with lemons got better Mm -hmm. and so they're like okay apparently it's lemons and so citrus yeah well it's vitamin c but that's a really good way to get it and so they kind of figure this out and they start kind of using it but they change what they're using over the years Mm -hmm. and one of the things they end up doing is um they end up concentrating the lime juice yeah they switch from lemons to limes and then they concentrate the lime juice and they steer store it in copper kettles ah all of which destroys vitamin c Mm-hmm. The the boiling down destroys the vitamin C. But as they were doing that, it was right when they figured out steamships and suddenly three month voyages went to like two, day, you know, four days. Right. So you didn't have time to get scurvy. Yeah, exactly. It, it usually takes a couple of weeks to show up. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden they thought it was fine. And so when people then were like going off into the Arctic expeditions with like concentrated lime juice. And started getting scurvy. They're like, it must not be the limes. We must have, that guy must have been wrong. <laughs> so maybe it's like some sort of germ. And so they tried to like figure that out. And so the way they did that was to give it, I forget what the tincture was, mm-hmm. but the tincture was shockingly just vitamin C. Just vitamin C. And it worked. But like they thought that it was some sort of, that was the tincture was killing the germs. Mm-hmm. And then someone was like, no, it's actually just a vitamin C. And so they've got that figured out again. And then there was like a whole nother thing where they thought that you were just needed to be buried in dirt. Ugh. Yeah. That like sounds terrible. So there'd be like a box of dirt on ships. It was fascinating. You just like put your feet in it though? Or your whole body? You put your, your whole, whole body, body in You were buried dirt? up to your neck. And well, you would like, I think of like those mud spas. Ugh. But, like, with dirt from, like, a bunch of sailors. Yeah, gross. Yeah, doesn't seem great. But, like, they would also, like, while you were in there, like, feed you better. hmm And also, again, it was, that was also one of the times when, like, they were, they were doing, like, they had gone to steamship, so you would lay over. Mm. And so you would take on fresh fruit. Right, right. And you know a better variety of foods and like fresh greens and stuff well i mean yeah as soon as people can they they tend to uh eat more variety of everything like right that's that's it's a natural uh way for people to eat 
So like, yeah. And so then by the time we were doing like Arctic explorations in the like fucking 1800s, mm-hmm. we still hadn't figured out scurvy. We weren't totally sold <laughs> on like bring some damn citrus. <laughs> and it was actually not until like the 18, like 1920s that some dude intentionally deprived himself of vitamin C, did all of the other stuff, mm-hmm. but like had a low vitamin C diet, exhibited classic scurvy system symptoms in like two months right and then ate an orange and then basically cured himself by like just yeah having like having the same exact (laughs) diet except like replacing one thing with an orange i hope he has a doctorate for that uh i don't know i hope so like a nobel in medicine would be neat but i don't think they were doing those in the 20s but (laughs) anyway but anyway so they do the lemons and they get like this list of numbers off Mm -hmm. of this and they're like, what the heck does this mean? And Rise like, are they coordinates? Are they like, mm-hmm. you know, Yeah, they're not, they're not longitude, is... longitude numbers. Like, what is this? And both uh, Ben and Abigail are like, it's an Ottendorf cipher. It's like, uh, what's that? Rise like, yeah. Be- Riley is the guy that asked the question that we're all thinking, which is, what the fuck what are the you fuck, people man? talking? He's like, okay, so this refers to a, you know, first number is probably a page. Then it's a line, then it's a letter. And so you go through those and you pull those out and that's... You pull, you pull the word, the letters of the words, and it's usually an article or, uh, you know, something that both people have right. uh, as the key. Which kind of makes sense, like, because without that mutual, um, you know, agreement... Yes. You can't nobody can crack it like mm-hmm. unless you're coming from the exact same edition yes of the da vinci code or whatever like that first edition da vinci code you have gonna, to have those you're gonna page keep numbers. mentioning the da vinci code. i come to keep mentioning it because this is a knockoff da vinci code uh, did the vinci code come out first the book did okay um the, uh, so the book came out in 03 this was 04 mm-hmm. but more importantly um angels and demons which is the first of the Robert Langdon books. Okay. Came out in 2000. Okay. Was okay. not as big of a hit. But. But the fingerprints of that. Are all over. All over this. Like, and the Da Vinci Code is all over that. So probably, like, this was being made the same time the Da Vinci Code book was being made. If not, the Da Vinci Code was out a little bit earlier, but probably not early enough. It was a real, it was a real part of our zeitgeist. It was huge. Also, I will maintain the reason National Treasure picked up so well Mm -hmm. is because Da Vinci Code was out there priming the pump. I don't, like I said, I don't think there was enough time for Da Vinci Code to come out for them to write, produce, film, Mm -hmm. finish, release National Treasure. Yeah. Like there had to be, that had to be in process. at the same time, yeah. My other, like, real deep theory is that the Disney machine mm. leaned a little bit into, you know, like the Da Vinci Code shit. And they're like, ooh, this could be some good non-threatening, like, yeah. you know, synergy here. So, like, we're going to put it on, on our ABC talk shows and... Right, and right. Like kind of get that... Knowing that National Treasure was already, like, in the pipeline. Right. You know, prom- prime, prime the prompt. Prime the pump. Prime the pump. So, anyway, they figure out this whole code thing is happening. 
And dad's like, by the way, what the fuck are you looking at? Like, what what is this old document? And he kind of lifts it up and he's looking at a copy of the Declaration of Independence. And this is like, what the fuck did you do? You're going to fucking jail. Right, you've ruined your life. You're. This is the worst thing you could have done. And Ben's like, I mean, none of your points are wrong. Like, just... I'm right. hearing and your and words. And now you've wrapped me up in it. No. Like, and what am I going to do? He's like, like, this is this is really bad. He's like, all right, well, I got a way out for you. I'm still fucked. But, like, here's what we're going to do. And so they tie Dad up. Mm-hmm. With duct tape. And steal his car and, and leave. So when the FBI shows up, he doesn't look like a willing participant. Mm-hmm. Right, F- the FBI, he's like, come in, it's open. And he, like, has a remote and, like, a... A Slurpee cup. A Slurpee cup. And he's like, are you going to untie me? And the FBI's like, I don't know, man, maybe. He's like, is this, <laughs> what this, do you know? <laughs> I imagine this is about my fucking son. Right. He's like, yeah. And he's like, so he came in. Yeah, he had something. They did some stuff in the other room. And, you know, another guy comes in. He's like, yeah, the car's registered, but it's not here. And they're like, and he stole my car. Right. And they're like, don't worry, we'll find your car. And your son. Yeah, well, bring back the car. So, the team is now on their way to Philly, because that's where the silence letters are. Yes, because uh, the dad had the uh, silence do good letters, but then he donated them to the museum. Right. The uh, Ben Franklin Museum. Because mm-hmm. Silence Temperance was a pen name of Ben Franklin performed. Uh, teenage Ben Franklin pretending to be a widow. Truly, truly. It's like the reverse of the internet now. But yes. I imagine there's somebody out there that's like a 14-year-old boy pretending to be an 87-year-old widow. Yeah, yeah, perhaps. The internet perhaps. is a wonderful and terrible place. <laughs> so, Riley's sitting across the street from the museum giving a kid a dollar and a post-it note to be like, all right, this is how the cipher works. Right, find me these six letters or whatever. Yeah, find me these six letters and bring them back. And this turns out to be a whole poem that Riley's sussing out. And as the kid's going in to get the last, what are the odds? What are the odds? Ian shows up. Ian shows up. And he sees this little, like, 10-year-old kid, like, Mm -hmm. counting and writing on a post-it note, and like freaking you know doing the work mm-hmm. and he's like well that's not normal right i bet somebody's got so- he's got somebody he's talking to so he follows the kid out but what happens is riley is able to get the like last five letters because it's the makers of the liberty bell or whatever mm-hmm. and just bails yeah just leaves the kid yeah, stands him up, doesn't give him his last dollar. Right. Asshole. Right, and the kid is, like, looking for him. Mm-hmm. And so... I would feel better if Ryan saw Ian, like... Yeah. And had to leave. I was like, oh, fuck, And maybe that go. part got cut and ended up on the... On the editing room editing floor. Editing room floor. Because, like, that would make sense. Yeah. Where he, like, saw Ian out the corner of his eye and he was like, oh, shit, I gotta go. Yeah, I can't be here. Um, but no, it just looks like he just fucked over that kid and left. Mm -hmm. So we catch up with, um, Ben and Abigail who are trying on new clothes. Right. Because they decide we should change clothes. We look a little conspicuous in our, like, uh, evening gowns, evening gown, you know, that that we've worn all day and night. 
So, so they go to this <laughs> store that sells clothes, like you do. Yes. And the changing rooms are like saloon they doors. They are like saloon doors. They are short. Uh, they don't touch the floor. They don't touch the floor. You can see, like, knees down. And they come up to mid-armpit. Mid-armpit. On Abigail. Mm-hmm. Which is not where Nicolas Cage's armpits are. No. So you're, you're, you are you get, like, Nick from, like... You don't see bottom any of the nipples, rib- but like you see well, almost nipples. Well, for Nick, you do. Yeah, yeah. He's he's like rib cages up. Like mm-hmm. you, you you got a full full view of Nick there, but you don't see his like you know his his, his undies own. Yes, but Abigail, like it comes like like you said, like right to the <laughs> yes, right to the top of the breast, and I'm like, she's not a tall woman, right? I was like, is she wearing a bra, like? And you were like, it's probably a strapless bra. And I was like, maybe. But like. Number one thing I would do if I've been, you've been wearing a strapless bra for the last, let's say, 24 hours. Yeah. You're not wearing that strapless right. bra. I would buy a bra like <laughs> at the store. It seems very, but yeah. but And they're just talking. There's like a wall between them that they're talking around about mm-hmm. important plot points. Right. And it's really i'm like what the fuck is this place <laughs> it doesn't appear to be overly western themed <laughs> no but they do buy clothes and mm. like they both buy like stylish jeans socks shoes right a shirt a jacket, jacket like uh, i mean like i'm surprised nick didn't come out with like a jaunty hat and like some like <laughs> Like a nice necklace and a bracelet. Like, right, like a cuff bracelet, a watch. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just, I was like, why did you just go to fucking Walmart? First off, walking to Walmart in a tux and an evening gown, people will be like, eh. Right, right. Stuff I happens. I don't know. It was, it was a little weird. Um, and they, they did steal like a couple hundred dollars from, uh, Ben's from dad. dad. Yeah. Uh, but still, even in 2000. I don't think you could get all of that stuff for a couple hundred dollars. You sure as hell couldn't get a new bra, though. That's I know. A bra's like 50. <laughs> Y'all, I, I don't know how you it's deal with true. that shit. It's true. Um, but Riley rolls up right as they're checking out. And he's like, hey, good news. So the poem says, bada, 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 bada. And then Beryl and Stowe or something like the end. Which is, of course, a reference to, and both Abigail and Ben are like, the Liberty Bell. Fuck, I just figured this shit out. Like, can you let me have a minute? Like, why do you always do this? It's so annoying. And he's like, but we've got to go to whatever, the the special time at Independence Hall, the house of the the of, of the Liberty Bell. Mm-hmm. And they're like, cool, but what time? Ben's like, I got an idea. Hey, excuse me, miss. Can I borrow one of those $100 bills I just gave you? And this lady turns around perfectly deadpan and goes, No. no. And I was like, this is like the first moment in this whole damn movie that I was like, no, that, that makes, makes sense. That makes any fucking sense. No, that <laughs> People don't just let you hold hundred dollar bills. Right. That you just paid for, you know. No, that's my. You, She's you, like, I already closed my, like. Also, whatever. do you have any idea how weird it is that you're wearing the clothes you bought right, where, now? Right. And where are the clothes that you were wearing? Where did they go? They don't have them in a bag. They just left them in the dressing room. I guess. Like a tuxedo. I feel like that would be something dress. easy to track. Like, right. take that shit with you. <laughs> right. But n- they're neither... At least take holding... it around the corner and dispose of it in a dumpster. Right. Neither of them are holding any bags. Or no, anything. and then when they leave, they don't have them. Right. I know, it's weird. 
But uh, they find, they figure, ben, Ben's like, all right, fine. How about I give you this watch? It's worth a few thousand bucks. And I'll look at. Just as collateral. Just as collateral. And then we'll trade back afterwards. She's like, fine, whatever. They don't pay me enough for this shit. Right. And so Ben uses an Aquafina bottle. Aquafina as bottle. As a magnifying glass, which they are not good at. That's not how that works. Right, right. To expand it and look at it and see that there's a time in the bell tower on the back of the hundred dollar bell, bell. And it's like, it's like two twenty two. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, okay. So we got to be there at two twenty two. What time is it now? It's three o'clock. Right. And the, the lady who just uh, has his watch as collateral is like three o'clock. Three o'clock. And they're like, and they're like Oh no, we it. missed it. So like they do the trade back and they're putting a watch on and Riley's like, actually, no, we didn't. I can't believe you guys didn't know this. And they're like, what? And they're like, I'm going to revel in the fact that I know something that you two don't. You two brains don't know this. I know this. And they're like, fuck it, Riley. Just say the thing. Like, daylight saving time. It right. didn't come around until World War One. So, like, it was... Like, even though it's 3 o'clock now, it would have been 2 o'clock in 1776. We got 20 minutes. Where in the fuck are they in Philadelphia that they can get to Independence Hall in 22 minutes I mean, if they're not at Independence didn't Hall? did we convert Independence Hall into a mall because late-stage capitalism? Uh, parts of it. So maybe they're in the mall. Maybe. <laughs> so Ben and Abigail and Riley run up to the top of Independence Hall. There's well, no... Well, not Riley. There's no, like... You don't see them going through a guard station. They just, like, like, join a tour... Okay. And then diverge from the tour and like... And just go upstairs. Go upstairs. Because it's not very well monitored. Not at all. I bet it is now. I bet like this movie made a lot of places up their security. Maybe. I hope. Maybe. Or maybe it was already upped and just... Or maybe whatever. nobody cares about a room of fucking old furniture. Maybe. Like, maybe nobody's that interested. <laughs> So they get up to the top and they find out there's a shadow from the top of the 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 cross on the mm-hmm. top of the the steeple points at a certain like collection of bricks. Yes. On like the roof of something, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hope oh, that's our spot. And so, one one of the bricks has the little insignia yep. of the masons on it. And so Bed goes out there and pulls that. Meanwhile, Ian shows up. Because mm-hmm. he's also, he, he talked the to the kid and found out the word Stowe was the last word. Right, and then they googled uh, Stowe Declaration of Independence. And this is apparently what comes up it's, is it's number Liberty one hit. Bell. Number one hit. And so they know they've got to go to Independence Hall and they're looking for them. Mm-hmm. And so Nicolas Cage pulls these glasses out of this hollow brick and comes downstairs, shows it to the team, and Abigail's like, oh my gosh, Ben Franklin's invented something like this. Mm-hmm. And, and Ben Gates is like, I'm pretty sure this he is, this invented is, these. This is what he invented. That's probably what happened. I'm like, yeah, that actually seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. And so they put on the glasses and they see the back of the Declaration of Independence. And it says here at the wall with two E's. H-E-E-R-E mm-hmm. at the wall. And it's a whole like, um, like drawn, like it looks like a tattoo. It looks like a lenticular, <laughs> like, you know, the like. Um, like the the kind of ridgy like rulers mm-hmm. used to get that would change when you tilt them. Yes. It looks like it's kind of doing that. Like, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of art for no one ever seeing it. Right. And it's, yeah, it's really stylish. 
And so here at the wall, and they're like, okay, well, that's great. And then they spot Ian, and they're like, oh, fuck. We gotta go. We gotta go, but we gotta make sure Ian doesn't get the glasses and the declaration together. Like, that's too right. much. Right, he, like, he definitely, he can't get the declaration, and he definitely can't get it with the specs. So we're gonna, we're gonna split up the lock and the key. So they all split. Well, Ian and, or Ian, no, sorry, Riley... Mm-hmm. And Abigail stay together, and in and Ben goes another direction, and right as they're leaving, um, Ben looks at Riley and Abigail and says, "Keep her safe." Riley goes, "I will." They both say, "I will." And, yeah, and Abigail says, "I will." Right, Abigail says, "I will," meaning the Declaration of Independence, and Riley, Riley says, "I will," meaning Abigail. So they take off different directions and get pursued by different people. Mm-hmm. Riley and Abigail managed to lose their guy by going into market. At one point, Abigail's hiding behind a meat counter. And and the lady's like, unless you're a steak, you don't belong back here. She's like, I'm just trying to hide from my ex. She's like, ooh, bad haircut. Russian guy. She's like, yep, that's him. He's like, oh, yeah, he's terrible. You, you can stay as long as you want. Just, just stay where <laughs> you need to be. And she's like, thanks. I was like, I, I hope there's like a little sisterhood around that kind of concept. Like, right, like... Uh, and so he comes up and she's like, can I help you with something? And he like, uh, kind of was like, oh, she's like, can I help you with something? And he's like, shut up. <laughs> like, and just like, stops off. Right. She's like, oof, I can see why you left him. He's the worst. He's a piece of work, isn't he? Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Gates is getting shot at in the cemetery. Like mm-hmm. a whole historic, they're like shooting at it, like exploding tombstones and yes, stuff. Yes, yes. And no one is batting an eye. At Philadelphia, it must be a wild place. Yeah. Where people are just shooting into, you know... Cemeteries. Cemeteries, and everyone's like, eh, it's a Tuesday. Yeah, so it's fine. Um, But they all kind of converge back on City Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, and as it's... As, right after Gates shakes his guy, Abigail... Like, runs around a corner, runs into somebody, drops the tube with the Declaration of Independence in it. It rolls out into the street. And it Ian gets, gets it. It gets run over. Well, it gets, like, bounced around. It's, like, in a crush-proof tube, so it's okay. Yeah, it gets run over. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, but Ian ends up with it. Yes. And... Um, the FBI is closing in. Like, they're in Philly. And so, like, Ian takes off, but... The FBI is really looking for Gates anyway. Mm-hmm. So they end up picking him up. Right. They take Gates. He's arrested. Um, also, Riley calls Gates. like, mm-hmm. And the first question um, Ben asks is, are you guys okay? Yeah. Are you guys safe? Are you guys safe? Are you okay? Like, And then he's like, in the declaration? He's like, Ian got it. Fuck. And so that's when he gets arrested. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Abigail looks at Riley's like, do you have any way to get a hold of Ian? And Riley's like, why the fuck would I do that? This seems terrible. But Ben and the FBI, um, mm-hmm. they're having a little interrogation. And the FBI, Harvey Keitel guy's like, all right, so here's how it's going to go. Either you don't tell me anything and you're just going to go to prison. You're going to prison for a long time. Or you tell me everything and then you also go to prison. And but Ben's, you feel better inside. Yeah. And Ben's like, um... Is there anything where I don't go to prison? He's like, oh, fuck no. Somebody's going to prison. Like, <laughs> you stole prison, <laughs> the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> For a long time. Someone is going to prison. 
but how you behave depends on who and for how long. Mm -hmm. So let's just figure it out. And as that happens, Ian calls. Yeah. And they automatically turn on, like, all the call tracing and give Nicolas Cage the phone. And he's like, Ben, I want you to meet me on the USS Intrepid. Do you know what that is? And Ben's like, yeah, of course, it's the aircraft carrier parked outside New York City. I'm like, well, thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> for for the plot dub. That little piece. He's like, I'll give in. And um, Ian's like, I'll give you all the artifacts if you'll tell me what I need to know. And Ben's like, cool. Mm -hmm. All right. And he's like, also, FBI, don't come with him. I need him to be alone or else you'll just get back confetti instead of a declaration of independence. And they're like, Because okay. I'm British and I don't give a fuck. In fact, I have an axe to grind. <laughs> so we go to New York, which is just a convenient 20-minute drive from Philadelphia. Sure. Yeah, sure. let's go with that. And while Ben goes up on the Intrepid, like, helicopters start circling around and blocking noise. Somebody's got, like, this, like, IR jammer mm -hmm. gun thing that they shoot at Ben's head to block the microphones and headsets. Tell him what to do. And they're like, all right. You know, they walk up and they tell Ben what to do. But nobody can hear it. And so Ben just, like, walks towards the end of the ship. He's like, hey, guys, I found a third option that doesn't involve, like, just going to jail. So I got to take this. I still I still love and respect you. <laughs> like, it's been real. It's been a great weekend. But, like. Right. Right. Yeah. I would still give you a positive reference. <laughs> we'll always have Paris. Jumps off the end of the Intrepid. Mm -hmm. It's like a 60-foot fall. Yes. Yes. Into water. Into water. Into, like, the East River. It's gross. Or is it the Hudson? It's the Hudson. It's the Hudson. Uh, into the Hudson. I'm like, which side is it on? He's swimming to New Jersey, so it's got to be the Hudson. He meets a dude with a scuba tank. Mm-hmm. And, like, a little, like... Like, a, a, a friend feeder. Yeah, a friend feeder. And then, like, they're able to swim across the Hudson under the water. There was a great line. They're like, do you have a... He went under the water. Do you have a visual? It's the fucking Hudson. I, I don't see any fucking thing. Like... <laughs> Nope. Nope. No No visual on that at all. In fact, I'm pretty sure when he gets to the other side, he's going to be missing three layers of skin and have 12 new infections. Yes. So the Is there a hepatitis G? Because I think you can get it from that. Um. So the thing about breathing underwater. Yeah. Is you have to breathe out. Right. And those bubbles go up. Oh, the Hudson bubbles. But all the time? It's not a great river. <laughs> Like, that's a lot of bubbles. Like, you would be able to see the trail of bubbles. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's probably a factor of how deep you are and how, mm -hmm. um, you know, but it's, yeah, it's a pretty well-traveled area. There's all kinds of things like venting and yeah, decomposing. And, like, I'm pretty sure there's, like, at least 12 mafia bodies, I like, mean, anchored off the... Yeah, but, like, they don't bubble that much. No. It's a, it's a slower bubble. It's a slower bubble. But, but anyway. they don't see him. Yeah, plot conveniently, they don't get it. And so he gets out and he's like, what the fuck's going on? He's like, yeah, your girlfriend's calling the shots now. And he's like, what? You see the processing like my girlfriend? Oh, Abigail, cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. she, they, so apparently she made a deal with Ian. And so her deal is that they'll give Ian the information. Mm -hmm. So he can get the treasure. So he can get the treasure. But, like, you got to give back all the artifacts and the declaration. Mm -hmm. Like, everything's got to be safe. 
and then and then it's good to go. And they're at Wall Street and Broadway. Yes. Because Broadway used to be Deheer Street. Yes. D-E space H-E-E-R-E. So here at the wall is the intersection of Deheer Street and Wall Street. Clever. Yes. And um, Ben rolls up and meets up with Ian. And Ian's just like, sure, here's the pipe. Here's the Declaration of Independence. I assume you already had the glasses. So, like, we're all good. Tell me what I need to know. He's like... You're here. This is where the treasure is. To here and broad. You know, does mm-hmm. the plot dump. And Ian's like, yeah, it doesn't work for me. And he's like, what? That's I, not enough information. He's like, I got my deal. He's like, yeah, but also, um, you got to have the cards to bluff. So let me show you my cards. And he opens the door to a car, and there's Ben's dad. Right, tied up, like, kind of waving. Who is not under amazing levels of surveillance not at all not at all i feel like that's one of the things the fbi would be would be like so i kind of trust that that guy didn't know what was going on but also like put a hard tail on him right right monitor everything that's happening and if it doesn't matter it doesn't matter but if it gets us a clue it gets us a clue right but we can we can one guy yeah maybe two guys get an intern follow him it's fine so they're like all right well let's go into trinity church and figure this shit out Trinity Church is at the corner of Broadway mm-hmm. and Wall. Well, I've been there. It's a cool old church. It's a cool old church. I mean, I haven't been inside because, like, again, it's... It's a church? It's a church. It's, not like it's a, private. A, it's not like an open-all-the-time church? No. in this movie, it's an open-all-the-time church. You yeah. can just walk in. Yep. Nope. That is not Sit accurate. down at the pews. Yeah. Uh, and there's nobody there. Anywhere... Anywhere in New York City, there's an opportunity to get inside, and there's a possibility of a bathroom. Yeah, like that there place will people would be lit. There. Yeah, there'd be there'd be Yelp reviews. There'd be a couple of homeless guys. Like mm-hmm. that's how it works. That's why that shit's locked down. So anyway, it feels weird that a church would be like, but also Trinity Church is not really a church as much as a historical site. It is, yeah. So like, I get it. So they look at the map and figure out um, they're looking for something beneath Parkington Lane. And they're mm-hmm. like, where the fuck is Parkington Lane? And they're both like kind of scratching their heads. This would be so much easier if there was Google Maps, but it's 2003, <laughs> so we're a few years out. Pre-Googs. It would have been like uh, MapQuest at best. Mm-hmm. And that only on a, on a desktop. Right, you'd have to office. print it out. Yep. Can you imagine, like, this whole movie of people, like, printing out directions and just, like, you know, printers. Yes, yes. You know those printers. Yes, I do. Um, But they're like, no, it's a who. So it's probably a tomb down in the crypt. I'm like, how the fuck did you get that? Mm-hmm. Like, Parkington Lane, like, D.C., it could have been, like, a town in massachusetts right right it could have just been like a town in like western virginia mm-hmm. where we you know there's an old coal mine or not an old coal mine but a coal mine that we just shoved full of treasure yeah called parkington lane right right it could have been a, a town that was completely annexed and like swallowed up by yeah uh whatever like fairfax virginia or something yeah yeah, it could have been all kinds of stuff, but no. No, let's check very the conveniently. In the crypt, they find it. Mm-hmm. And they start... Again, no security. They're just like, whatever, go wherever you want in this church. <laughs> yeah. 
So they're they're walking down, and Abigail apologizes, like, yeah, I guess you're right on this whole, like, this dude's an asshole and wanted to steal the Declaration of Independence, would have killed it, and doesn't care about anyone. And Ben's like, yeah, I know. So that's great. None of this is... And Ben looks at her and says, none of this is your fault. I'm like... Yeah. Yeah. She was kidnapped. She she knew that. (laughs) She She did no crimes in this. She is a hostage. First of you, and then when she kind of stopped being your hostage and started almost being your accomplice, Ian fucking kidnapped her. Right, Ian kidnapped her first, and then he uh, he kidnapped her, and then Ian re-kidnapped her. Yeah, so like... She's been kidnapped three times in 24 hours. She's a very confusing life. (laughs) And so they do find Parkington Lane... Smack and Ben's like, oh, we gotta figure out how to open this. And some dude just runs. One of the Russians just runs in with like the uh, with like a fire axe. Yeah, and just busts bust it open and pulls it out. And then they pull out the casket. As they're pulling it out, the bottom of the casket falls, and this whole dead guy's laying there. And they're like, oh shit! And one of the Russians like, yeah, make sure you don't step in him. And they put it down. And then they find out there's a hole in the back of the tomb. Mm-hmm. And he and Riley's just like, great, so who gets to go down the hole in the back of the tomb first? Seems fine. <laughs> and they all just look at him, he's like, oh, fuck, I had to say something, didn't fine, I? Fine, <laughs> fine, we'll go. So, um, they're walking, they get in there, and they find a staircase leading down. Right, so, um, one of the Russians and, uh, Ian go down, too. Yeah. And, uh, Ian gives instructions, and he's like, if I come up... Without them, like... That's fine. That's fine. They come up without me. If they come up without me, like... Kill them. Assume the the worst. Just Use your imagination. Use your imagination. So they're walking down the stairs. Also, like, Ben and Abigail kiss on the stairwell for, Mm -hmm. like, reasons? Yeah. Because, you know, they might die. So that, you know, they have to get out all of this, like... Tension. Tension. Because, you know, you can't die with tension. So they find a giant room. Mm-hmm. There's stairs going around the outside of it. There's a giant, like, intricate chandelier. There's torches that still light. And, like, there's oil in the chandelier that lights. Because none of this shit evaporates over thousands of years. <laughs> it doesn't dry out. <laughs> also, like, this is a huge cavern. Yes. Under Trinity Church. Mm-hmm. In New York City. In New York City. One of the most populous cities in the world. Right. That has... Burnt down many times. Uh, uh, Trinity Church has not. I know, but like the, but city, the city has, has burnt down many times, which means the streets have been paved and repaved. Right. Uh, buildings have been like completely remodeled and gutted yeah. and new new pipes. They have a subway system. It's not like... Yeah, they have been digging... <laughs> new York City underneath New York is basically Swiss cheese. <laughs> so there's so much there's so many holes in that and somehow they've just never they've just never found this particular pocket i guess it reminds me of a certain other nick cage movie where he was also subterranean in new york city yeah where he could do some magic yeah the sorcerer's apprentice Mm -hmm. and it's like how did they find this place right Right? this is not a place people right imagine imagine there's an unmarked location underneath the streets of new york that's large enough for uh, Nick Cage to... Like, do secret semi-magical shit. Right, yeah, to do secret society magic shit. 
And now there's two movies like that. Right now, imagine it happened twice. At a minimum. <laughs> so there's a whole... As they're going down the stairs, though, like, the stairs start to collapse and people have to, like, jump from level to level. And it's mm-hmm. this whole action little... Mini action piece. sequence, yeah. But they all end up on an elevator except for one of the Russians dude does die. Does just die. To, just to prove their stakes here. Yeah. And you're like, bye guy, you didn't even, I didn't even know your name. Russian and Ian's two. like, no! And he's like, and if Russian number two meant this much to me and I was willing to let him die for this, imagine how much I don't like you two fuckers, or you three, four fuckers, actually. Mm-hmm. And I'll kill you too, because they've got Ian, Dad... Or no, they've got Riley, Dad. I keep doing that. Yeah. Riley, Dad, Ben, and Abigail. Yes. And then Ian and one of the Russians. Mm-hmm. That's all that's down there. And so they take this elevator down to the bottom, and there's a room that's got a single lantern in it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I get this. Like, what?" And he's like, "It's it's the lantern. Remember one if I land, two if I see." This is about Paul Revere. You got to go. We have to go to Boston. Got to go to Boston and start the the search up there for Paul Revere's ride. And Ian's like, great idea. Russian number one. Get on the elevator. Let's go. And so they jump on the elevator and they're taking it up and they're like holding their guns on the other four. And they're like, Wait, what? And like, yeah. Wait, you need us to come with you to like, you know, figure out the clues. And, like, mm, and he's like, and maybe. Have, and yeah. And have you run away in Boston? No, thanks. No, I'm going to leave you here. If I do need you, maybe I'll come back and get you. But in the meantime, yeah, feel free to die. Yeah, sit tight. Sit tight. And I'm like, why the fuck wouldn't you just shoot them? They might need them later. They might need them later, but they're not going to help. <laughs> like, you've already been like, you're disposable to me as soon mm-hmm. as I get what I want. Which, by the way, Dad had been warning this whole time. Right, right, right. He's like, as long as they get what they want, they're, they're going to kill us. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, fine. But Ian and Russian guy just, like, book it up out of there and take off. This is only, like, the third time they're going to leave them for dead, though. Yeah. Also, like, yeah, as Ian, I'd be like, oh, this is the third time I'm leaving this guy for dead, and he refuses to fucking die. Like, maybe... Maybe I should watch him draw his last strap <laughs> before I gonna, leave the room. Maybe we're gonna... Yeah, we're gonna just, like, push, push in that direction. I'm at least gonna shoot at him. <laughs> and they're like... And they leave, and they get out of earshot, and Ben and his dad are like, yeah, 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 good job. And they're like, wait, and Eva goes, what the fuck is going on? Because it was two if I land, one if I see, or two if I see, one, whatever. But, like, they totally flew two lanterns. Like, it wasn't that. And they're like, yeah, but it sounded good at the moment. Good job, Dad. He's like, so what? And he's like, yeah, this is an antechamber. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a way in here. They find a picture of all C and I. Ben pushes a hidden button and a door panel slides open. It's a whole extra room. There's a whole extra room. And Riley's like, oh, good, because there's probably a way out through there. And that sounds like the thing I really want right now. Mm-hmm. And they go into the other room and it's like going to be the big treasure room. And it's, it's empty. It's empty. It looks like it's been ransacked. Yeah. Fuck. And you're like, oh, no. They must have moved it. Yeah. Or... Or, you know, somebody got here before us. Like, yeah. It's possible that, you know, even before our grandfather's grandfather's grandfather heard this legend, that mm. all of this had been ransacked and emptied. And they're like, but wait. There's got to be a way out. There's got to be a ventilation shaft. There's got to be another way out of here. And then they see it. They see 
Ben sees an impression on like a circle mm-hmm. and it's the shape of the pipe right, from so, the boat. So the, the pipe is uh, boat shaped. Yeah. And so they like popped the edge of the pipe off and he's like, it can't be that simple. And I was like, this is not fucking simple. <laughs> this is the most wild thing. You had to have a pipe from a boat in the Arctic circle tra- travel through a, through Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia, Philadelphia, then to New York City with that pipe. You had to have the pipe the whole time. And then put it in this, you had to find the secret button to get into this room. Yeah, yeah, it's not fucking simple. No, no. So he, he puts, was like, it can't be that simple. So he puts it in and then he like uses the pipe stem to turn it and it unlocks a whole nother door and that's when they find the Actual, the actual treasure, treasure room, and also the stairs leading up. And Riley's so happy about the stairs. Yeah. He's like crying, and Abigail's like, "Oh, Riley, you're crying. You're so moved by history." And he's like, "I'm so moved by stairs." So they take a little. They light the like rivulets of oil that are around, and again, not just dried out. Yes. After two hundred years, I don't know. Fuck it. Nothing makes sense. <laughs> also, like. You find the thing you've been looking for for your entire life. Okay. Is your first action to light anything on fire in this room? <laughs> no. Because not for me. There's one point where uh, Abigail's like, oh, these scrolls were like in in Alexandria, like in the Library of, in Alexandria. The Library of Alexandria. And then immediately, like a foot away, lights a, a rivulet of, <laughs> of oil. Of oil. Also, the amount of cobwebs. Our uh, our it's... oldest, who is a scout and uh, has to review fire safety quite often, is like, "Bruh, like <laughs> you can't you can't light a torch with all those cobwebs." <laughs> like you would just be fucking on fire. But uh, they have a good moment and they end up crawling. So they end up crawling up the another grave. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is there's a security guard that had come down into the crypt and found the first guy they dropped in the open grave and is looking at it like, what the fuck happened here? When all of a sudden, another stone panel pushes its way out. Right. And people start to emerge from that tomb. I'd have shit my pants. Absolutely. Yeah. And he was like, hey, do you have a cell phone I could borrow? <laughs> Which is, I think, the safest thing. Like, no, no zombie geist from the 1800s would be like i need a cell phone i need a cell phone like something else is happening but like also that would not be my first thought <laughs> so nicholas cage calls harvey calls harvey Keitel, mm-hmm. and harvey's like i'll be right there i'll be right there so they're sitting at the front of the church and nicholas cage is like so I, I need a bargain he's like first off here's the declaration of independence here's the pipe Here's the glasses I found. The, the pipe and the glasses like are like new. These are new information for new you. New information. You, I'm not even returning so, them. So like, so that's good. And Harvey's like, I thought you were gonna bargain. He's like, yeah, I got something else to bargain with. And Harvey's like, okay, well, what else do you have to have to bargain with? He's like, like about ten million billion dollars worth of treasure directly below my feet. He's like, so you just told me where your other bargaining chip. You suck at bargaining. Just so we're clear, like. <laughs> That's not how any of this works. But fine. What do you want? He's like, I don't want to go to prison. It's like, somebody's going to prison. It's like, fine. But Dr. Chase, no prison. Not even Mark on a record. 
Riley, no prison. My dad, no prison. Like, I, I'm going to take all the prison if I have to, but I would really, 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 really like to not. really don't want to go to prison. And he's like, well, someone's got to go to prison then. He's like, I can help you with that. And so the next thing you see is Ian getting ready to break into the, the church where Paul Revere hung the lanterns. Mm-hmm. And it's descended on by the FBI. Ian's going to prison. Ian's going to prison. And as he's getting loaded into the truck or into the the SUV that is the cop car, he looks up and sees Ben in a doorway across the street just like, hi. Just like wave and then like duck around. I just want to say, that's how you get fucking murdered the day that man gets out of jail. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You don't need to be there. Huh. So... Last little denouement scene. Mm-hmm. Chase and Ben are walking hand in hand in a green in like a yeah a beautiful garden. Uh, manicured garden. Manicured garden. Riley's there bitching about how they could have had ten percent. Also, I'm like we have to go to Cairo for this uh, museum opening. Like the, because that was another part of that. Uh, the negotiation was that like the treasure needs to be split up between the Smithsonian museums, the the Cairo Museum, the British Museum. I'm like, somebody sent something back to Israel, like maybe, yeah, like yeah. where you stole this at one point, <laughs> right? Like maybe, but like let's categorize it and figure out, like, like but, but everybody he, that's but got a was, claim. Yeah, he was like, everything should go back to where it came from. Yeah, as much as possible, I guess. And so, yeah. So in this scene, Riley's like, we got to go to Cairo for another one. Those, that's a private plane. But we could have had our own private plane. Could all fucking fleet of private planes. So we took 10%. No, you only had to take 1% as he jumps into his Ferrari. Mm-hmm. He's like, and I only have a 1%. <laughs> so, like, what am I going to do with half of 1% of $10 billion? <laughs> and Nicholas Cage is like, I think you'll I think fine. you'll be fine. He's like, by the way, you know what I did with my, my money? about this house? You know why I chose this house? Because in 18, and Riley's like, I can't hear you, like, revving the blah, Ferrari, blah. driving Boring off. Boring history, bye. He also, like, totally smashes the gearbox and, like, doesn't stay on the driveway. He's an awful driver. I mean, he'll learn. It hurts. Nah. Or he'll just get... Or he'll just, just go through many Ferraris. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> and then Dr. Chase hands Nicolas Cage a, a piece of paper, and he's like, what's this? She's like, it's a treasure map. To what? And he opens it up and he looks at her and she just like takes off running towards the house. And he's like, oh yeah. And our kids are like, what's it a treasure map to? I'm like. The kitchen? Everybody likes snacks? Yeah, that sounds appropriate. Yes. And scenes. And scenes. What did we learn? Nothing. Uh, Yeah, it's a good thing. Uh, that Andrew Jackson was out when uh, Mr. Treasure Man tried to tell him about the treasure. Because he would have just used it uh, to, you know, have more genocide. So, that's Little white genocide would have been unexpected. Yeah, that would have been. That's like what he would have used the Monies for. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, I mean, that is really... That's it. Um, also, apparently... Um, the Masons that rule our government for mm-hmm. the last 200 plus years um, 
they can keep a fucking secret. <laughs> but also, like, they're rich, powerful dudes. Yeah, yeah. How do you think they got rich and powerful? Except maybe every so often nipping down there, grabbing right. a handful of something useful, mm-hmm. liquidating it on the black market, and then having a few million dollars to finance, oh, I don't know, I'll pick a thing, PayPal? <laughs> Yeah, perhaps, perhaps, mm-hmm. perhaps Microsoft. Perhaps that Apple, uh, that horde was much larger uh, back in the day. That maybe all of the seed capital for all these companies. You know those. You know those scrappy guys that started started in their garage. Started in their garage. All of their garages are made of gold. Yeah, all of their garages were made of gold. Well, most of those guys, like when you do do the research, you're like, so your dad financed you for like the first 12 years so like you literally couldn't fail mm-hmm. yeah that's a long time that's that's a good run that's, that's a long time to get uh, a business up and running that's a long runway good for you mm-hmm. my dad could finance me for like 30 minutes so and bless <laughs> his heart he's doing all he can but yeah like, yeah it's just not it's just, that's not, just not gonna work but anyway but yeah Maybe, uh, maybe also that's where that came from. Like all those rich old dudes just had access to unlimited wealth mm-hmm. or at least could take out loans with unlimited wealth as collateral, right. thus reducing the rates and, and doing it. Um, poems are apparently important. People really like a poem. Everybody likes a poem. This movie is better than Da Vinci Code. I never saw The Da Vinci Code. It's terrible. But I remember you being annoyed by it. So <laughs> so the biggest problem I have with The Da Vinci Code movie, mm-hmm. uh, and this is apart from the entire preposterous, stupid plot bullshit. Right, right, right. Um, premise aside. Premise aside, there's just so much time of Robert Langdon, Tom Hanks, like staring into the distance and like trying to explain his thought process when like um you know like the answer is relatively obvious and the problem with that is that like in a book or in a in a in like kind of these whodunit things you always want the audience to get there like two seconds before the the, the protagonist protagonist because then we all feel smart and we're good he's a world famous linguist or historian right and i'm just a dude reading a book book and i got there before he did so it's, i was like well of course you did the the author left the breadcrumbs right right and right up to the door well and a lot of times uh there's like an omniscient narrator right uh vibe where you don't you don't have only limited information when you're yeah. a reader of the book as opposed to a character in the book right so like there's you know there's some stuff that happens there but in movies, it's a lot harder because... To get everyone there right at the at moment. The same time. So, yeah. In the Da Vinci Code movie, they erred on the side of giving people enough time. Mm-hmm. This one, fortunately, everything is either so obscure that they're like, yeah, they're never going to get there. Just having somebody say it. Or, yeah, of course. It's, you're, you're watching it happen. You're watching it happen live. You know, you're at Broadway and Wall Street. And then you're like... Broadway used to be Dahir Street. And you're like, oh, okay. Makes sense. Yeah, all right. I, I got there. Like, oh, yeah, that's pretty obvious. Hit me about the head with that. I knew it. I knew it. I got it. 
cool. Yes. It but... does much better on the pacing. Mm-hmm. Timing is important in action and adventure movies. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh... It's a movie. It's fine. It really is. It is, like you said, is the perfect Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon popcorn. Perfect flight. Saturday afternoon movie mm-hmm. on cable with yeah. lots of uh, interruptions. Have you ever seen the second one? No. National Treasure 2, National Treasure Harder. Um, this, this time it's in Europe. It's it, They did like the aliens thing, so it's National Treasures. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For the sequel? No, not really. Natural Treasure 2. Mm. I forget. It might have a subtitle. I don't know. Yeah. But I'll let you know if we watch it. This time it's in Europe. Yeah. No. I think they didn't go to Europe. Anyway. Oh, for real? Maybe. Because where the U.S. keeps its history? I mean, kind of. Sure. I think that, yeah, they were in Paris at one point. So anyway, <laughs> on that note. Uh, please parent responsibly. Please parent responsibly.